The history of Hollywood, like any other industry or institution, has had its share of dark and controversial moments. While Hollywood is known for its glamorous image and entertainment value, it has also been marked by scandals, abuse, and systemic issues. In the early days of Hollywood, during the studio system era, major studios had significant control over actors and filmmakers. Many actors were signed to long-term contracts that limited their creative freedom and often subjected them to exploitation by the studio. They were often underpaid, overworked, and faced harsh working conditions. Hollywood has a long history of racism and discrimination. In the early years, African-American actors were mostly regulated and stereotyped by marginalized roles, and they faced limited opportunities for substantial roles or recognition. The practice of blackface, where white actors would portray black characters, was also prevalent and deeply offensive. During the 1940s and 1950s, the Red Scare and McCarthyism swept across America, leading to a period of intense anti-communist paranoia. In Hollywood, the House Un-American Activities Committee investigated alleged communist influence in the film industry. Many actors, writers, and filmmakers were blacklisted, had their careers ruined, or were forced to testify and name others. Hollywood has a long-standing issue with sexual exploitation and harassment. Powerful individuals within the industry have been known to abuse their positions, leading to cases of harassment, assault, and even rape. The Me Too movement, which gained prominence in 2017, shed light on the pervasive nature of sexual misconduct in Hollywood and led to the exposure of several high-profile individuals. Hollywood has faced criticism for its lack of diversity and representation. Minorities, including people of color, LGBTQ individuals, and people with disabilities, have historically been underrepresented both in front and behind the camera. The lack of diversity perpetuates stereotypes and limits opportunities for marginalized communities. The allure of Hollywood has also been associated with substance abuse and addiction issues amongst actors and other industry professionals. The pressure to maintain a certain image, constant scrutiny, and demanding schedules have contributed to a culture of substance abuse and addiction within the industry. It is important to note that while these dark aspects exist, Hollywood has also seen progress and positive changes over time. The industry has made efforts to address issues such as discrimination, harassment, and more. Within this immediate dark history of Hollywood, there are other sides of stories from famous celebrities like Marilyn Monroe and James Dean, and even famous ghost stories involving the Hollywood sign itself. When people hear the name Hollywood, they automatically think of the big screen. They don't tend to think of the dark history that brought the big screen and the characters portrayed on it being seen by the individual sitting in the movie theater or their living room. In this episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast, Joey and I and a special guest will dive into the history of Hollywood. We talk about past issues, current events, and even give ideas to the Hollywood individuals that may listen to this podcast. This episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast 
begins now. Welcome back, Joey. We got a special guest here today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Everybody, I'd like to welcome to the Say What Again Billy podcast, friend of mine and upcoming actor, Dario. It's great to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Dario, thanks for coming on, man. We, we discussed this idea uh, like months ago uh, when I saw you in the gym and I was telling you about the podcast. And um, I've been wanting to do an episode about Hollywood because Hollywood has a ton of subjects that are conspiratorial. There's some ghost stuff that we'll get into. Um, and it's something I wanted to do for a long time. And we finally got on the same page and we're able to have you here with us tonight. And to start off, if you are cool with it, I wanted to let everyone know like your, your background, you know, what you've done so far, what are your upcoming endeavors in the, in, a, in the field of acting so that everyone knows today that, you know, you're here for this episode for the reasons of you being close, closely affiliated with acting. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started acting, I want to say at 25, I was late to the show, you know, growing up in a Bronx community, the pathway usually is you go to college, you get a good job. So I, I went the route that my parents wanted me to go, got my degree, but then it got to the point where I just, I didn't really like what I was doing. So I was like, let me get out of here. Let me just follow my dream. So I got into myself into a few acting classes, uh, all in the city. I spent a lot of time down there. And uh, good? Yeah, you're good, boy. Just want to okay. make sure you're good. Gotcha. Yeah, so I spent uh, about 10 years in acting school. On the way, you get you know auditions and you apply here and there. And you get them. You get fortunate. That's just the name of the game. It's, it's usually you hear a thousand no's before you hear a yes. And that's... Exactly the case with me. So uh, I think my first paying job was uh, Rockstar Games. Red, uh, you guys ever play Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was in that. Uh, one of the side missions, I was in the Owl Hoot Gang. So it was fun because, you know, we went down to the studio. They have you in the green screen suit, these little balls all over you. And you get to act out your part. And then you go to the uh, sound sound studio. You go there and you say these lines and it's funny. Can I curse on here? Yeah. Okay. 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 I've been cursing every week religiously. (laughs) Okay. 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 I I should have asked you that before the show. But uh, you go out into the studio and you know Rockstar has a penchant to have more gratuitous sayings. But uh, what are the lines that I was dying laughing? It was like fiery lakes of piss, like things like that. It was fun. And I had the guys in in the mastering room. Uh, laughing so that was a real great experience for did you have one. to do the like the the cowboy yes, accent? yes can, like can I, you do it can you put you on this <laughs> come on man you're an actor you know i'm gonna do it's that it's been three years since i did it but i try to get that gravelly you know fire lakes of piss you know what i mean like <laughs> really good. get down into the it the took throat. it took ewan mcgregor uh months when he found out that he was going to become uh obi-wan kenobi again mm. he said it said he took him a long time to get the uh hello there you know, mm-hmm, back mm-hmm. To, to get to master that. So, yeah, it's know. a fine tuning because you're as an actor, your body is the instrument. You know, like the painter has his brush and the canvas, the 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 singer has the voice, the the actor has his whole body and the voice. So that's part of it that you kind of have to manipulate and play with. Like, where does somebody speak? I think Gary Oldman said something to the effect of, uh, for he was doing a part. Uh, I think it was an Irish guy. I forget the name of the movie. But he was saying, you know, they come from the hills. And when they come to the city, it's a little higher and they have that sing-songy 
type of way of speaking. So he geographically where they come from. And that's another thing about doing your homework, homework as an actor. You know, like he has this Irish guy who's living in New York City and he has a higher pitch to his voice. But he still carried the ways of the, the hills with him. So it's like it's more up here and it has a way of singing to the voice. You know, whereas the Italian, they grew up more in cities or villages where it's more condensed. And you have that brunt of like, forget about it. It's down here more. You know, so it's interesting that he that it goes that way. But it was fun to do that for the first time with uh, Rockstar, you know, like to get to get that. It was it was fun because it's not you on camera and you're hiding behind the uh, the screen and the uh, this is the green screen. So that was cool. Then after that, I got uh, a music video and Coldplay. That was fun because they flew me out to Ukraine. So uh, we went out there 2019. Right before all this stuff kicked off. And like everything stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I came back to New York City uh, December 2019 after filming that. And uh, it's, it's, it's terrible what's happening out there because that was a beautiful city. You know, the theater district was very beautiful out there. I have a lot of nice culture, great food, great people. You know, and I was in Kiev, you know. But the, it was very interesting. A lot of graffiti out there. And the guy told me, one of the people that was kind of like chaperoning me around, I was like, what, what's with all the graffiti? And he's like, that's how they sell drugs. Oh, shit. Like, really? He's like, yeah, you can scan your phone on one of the graffiti icons and it'll pick up a drug menu for you. And you just go around and get your drugs like that. And he was saying... Uh, don't give anyone any ideas over here. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, like, I was like, the cops don't, don't, don't do anything about that? Like, can't they just scan it themselves? What are they going to do about it? You know? So I thought that was very interesting because there's graffiti everywhere but they knew not to touch the historic spots like the uh, the theater district they won't touch that but right next to it the whole block yeah yeah it's very interesting being out there so that was my next job and then i did a off broadway play uh the resurrection you ever heard of black wall street the uh, massacre in tupelo yes. yeah yeah so it was about that and uh it was an interesting experience because the writer of the script gave me carte blanche to do what i wanted to do with the character so uh what I saw here was a guy who was living in a time where it wasn't socially acceptable to be compassionate toward black people, right? So he would, with his friends, joke, but he was also trying to save this one man's life, you right. know? And, and that was cool coming off of class. I was, I was graduating from class, and this is my first experience. Like, all right, out in the real world, let's, let's get it. And I was, she gave me the ability to play with this character, and, you know, I got feedback from the audience because some people would come up to me and say that's a very interesting take that you know you were trying to help him but you had to hide it from your friends right you know so I, like there's a scene where the guy comes in and they're about to kill him and i'm i'm like you know like kind of like going to him like get out of here like he's gonna kill you like get out of here but i have to like hide it from my friends and not let on that i i know what's know. happening you know so it was fun to play with that very great experience like i said those are the three that really stand out in my mind. I, I, over, overall, I've had other experiences, but you do a lot of independent work in the beginning. Right. You know? And would you say that that was a tougher experience than most acting? Because I know film is much different than on stage, yeah, yeah. where every night it's almost a little bit different. And because mm -hmm. obviously you, you have your lines, you have your, you know, your, your markers on stage where you have to be. Mm -hmm. And if something is off, there has to be some sort of improv. Yes. No, correct me if I'm well, that's, wrong. Yes, you're right. And that's the fun part. You know, it's like live fire. You know, you get one shot at it to get as good as you can get, you know. But that in those moments of like 
taking it off something and continuing to go, that's more fun than cutting and then resetting. You right. know what I mean? Because it's more fun for the actor to just go off of something and just continue to go. Like, There's I a saw, sense of adrenaline there. Yes, right? yes, correct. Like, it's you're live. For that it's live. You're you doing it. this in front of a live studio audience and you're, you're just like, go. You know what I mean? Like, think mm-hmm. something, go. What's his name? Uh, Al Pacino. I saw China Doll with him down in the city. And I worked it. I worked. You, oh, you worked yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you forget his lines on the regular. You've heard that yes. story, right? Yes. Okay. Because that was I've I've heard that story. I didn't know if it was true or not, right? Yeah. But Joey knows. <laughs> it, it definitely is. <laughs> Joe might know. <laughs> he was, right, was okay. So you would forget sure. it. I heard they were putting it on columns and all that. But there was a day I went. It was Sunday, cheaper show. But there were older people in the audience, and they kept coughing, and they kept coughing. And he just looks over and he goes, what the hell is going on tonight? And he took it off them and went right back into the scene. I was like, that's it, bro. That yeah. even, even though he forgets his lines, he still took his line off of the audience and gave it right back to the person in the scene. So it was very cool and it kind of like, you know, gave me like, oh, like that's, that's a professional. Yeah. You know, and that's fun to do when you see things like that live as opposed to you miss your mark, you miss this, you got to go again. Even even when he forgot, there were some nights where I'm in the back, I'm watching, and even when he forgot, you know, it, like exactly like you said, he'd find a way around it. Yes, yes, and that that's fun. That's fun. Like, and you know, he for well, I knew because I'm I'm almost there every night, so I, I get to see the different variations mm-hmm. of the show, yeah. and it's always different. It's never the same. But for continuity purposes, when you film a movie, you have to have it the same. That's why they hate Meisner actors on uh, film because they're always to a different take, different way different way of doing but you know what though it was fun i actually did extra work on spider-man 2 the amazing spider-man 2 it's pretty cool because uh mark webb the director he moved me i was sitting next to emma stone i remember that Uh and then he's like you get up sit over here and i'm sitting here and peter parker's the the seat next to me and he's not there he's like saving the city if you watch that scene you can see me i'm in a graduation (laughs) suit and tie and like a hat and he's supposed to be right here. And then they get me up to get my, my diploma. So as I'm walking up, I, t- I took a look behind you know, the, uh, the amphitheater that they were doing this in. And I see Andrew Garfield. And I'm watching him prepare. And I'm like, oh, that's cool to watch him prepare. And it kind of like brought, this is when, this is like 2012, I think that happened, 2011. So I was like 22, 23, around there. And I'm looking at this, and it kind of brought acting down to a, like a doable place. Like it's not pie in the sky. If you do your work, you'll yield positive results. So I'm watching him, and he did that scene where he would come and get his uh, diploma five different ways. There was one where he he high fived the principal, gave Gwen Stacy a kiss, then walked off stage. There was another one where he kind of just didn't do anything to the principal, kind of like looked at Gwen like. And kept walking. So it's cool to see the different times that he would do it. And Mark Webb let him play. But that also goes to what kind of director you have, you know, and what kind of uh, what kind of team you have. Because mm-hmm. you talk about Hollywood as if it's one thing. There's so many projects going on. It depends on who you're working with. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a good cohesive set, the sky's the limit, and you have fun. You know, so yeah, that was cool. That was a cool experience to see that. But I do enjoy the live fire of it where it's kind of like five different ways you can do whatever you want. And if you miss a line, keep going. Try yeah. to find your way back in. That's that's acting. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that's real acting. That's the fun part. And you I know? think the more the more live stuff actors do, the better it translates mm-hmm. when, when they're you know on camera. Some of the best actors came out of the theater. Like uh, Meryl Streep, mm-hmm. she did over 40 plays in college before she went to Hollywood. Mar- Marlon Brando, 
was in the theater before going to Hollywood. So these guys were were heavy in the theater before going to that to the, all like all right cut go again let's do it again mm-hmm. do it from this angle so De- yeah. Denzel's big into that mm-hmm. he's big yeah into he he was he does a yeah. lot of theater his son now too yep. he just recently did a show that I worked on so yeah yeah but that's like the dream like you go to Hollywood and then you go to Broadway and then you go to Hollywood and then you go to Broadway you know that that's a fun lifestyle because you get to do real acting and then you get to do like the I don't like Hollywood, honestly. If I could be a theater actor, I would, you know. But, like, for Hollywood, you have to be so many different things to so many different people in terms of, like, your personal life now as well as, like, what you're presenting on screen. And then you have big businessmen coming in and saying, here's your notes. We need you to do this. And you don't agree with it, but you have to do it. But here, you know, in a in a, in a a Broadway set, you, you have a little bit of leeway, depending on who you're working with, to... Take have a better take, more creative take on an, on on a role, and then you're doing that five days a week, all week, and you're living in New York City like this. This, as people want to knock on it, this is the mecca for acting. You know where it really started. It went to L.A. after, but this is the mecca. This is the theater. This is where the group theater was, where uh, uh, Stella Adler, my uh, Meisner, Strasberg, Stanislavski, they were all here. And they they taught modern day acting. What you saw Marlon Brandon do in the fifties, where you know everybody was sitting like this in, in scenes, and they would sit upright and have this posture where Marlon Brando would come in and just have that lean to him, like you would normally sit. And that's that's that was a revolutionary point in time where they were doing authentic acting in theater, and then they translated that over to Hollywood. So it all started here, you know. Yeah, that's interesting stuff, man. And it, you know, it certainly sounds like you've been around enough of it to grasp and keep moving forward to with your career. So go to the next question is, uh, what's your future endeavors looking at? This is before we get into like the stuff where you're like, I might have to watch what I say. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, along those lines of I might have to watch what I say, uh, I want to write my own stuff. Good. You know, because we're living in another revolutionary point for decentralization. You know, you guys are doing this podcast now. Ten years ago, you would have to be on a radio show or you would have to be on a television network. You don't need that anymore. But the last horse to cross the finish line is acting. Just because you need so many people in terms of how many actors you need, the lighting. For us to set a, set up a scene, it's going to take over an hour to read to do it all these times. But you have the means to do it now. It's been decentralized. So it's a very great time for independent artists. You don't need the studio system anymore. You don't need them. You don't. If you have something to say, because everybody has a microphone, but if you have something to say, if you have passion for what you do, sky's the limit. So I've been taking the time to write my own work. And I've wrote about four different versions of the same script. Went from 155 pages down to 90 pages, and I threw it away and started over again, wrote another 90 pages. So I'm kind of like getting a feel for how the, the story arc and the structure go, how to tie in all different characters to the same theme and and trying to like build like a lot of writers take acting classes. Well, now I'm an actor trying to take writing classes. So I'm trying to get that side of the story as well and see, all right, how does how does this all play into the same theme, the same story and what I want to say in terms of what we're going through now. But uh, a lot of writing on my end in terms of my next step. And then I have my agent. She gets me auditions here and there. Um, but I'm, I'm not. Hollywood has always been a monolith, you know, and I'm seeing as I get older, 
do I want to scale that monolith or do I want to continue to do my own work and see where it goes, where that goes with, you know, whatever I can do on YouTube or I can do on Rumble or I can do on Spotify, like even like a voiceover, like War of the Worlds, where you write your own thing and you just release an audio recording and just have that, you know, like a talkie. Like, you know, the talkies that world, used to... World, uh, uh, was it World of Worlds actually, like, caused some shitstorm. Yes. Back in the day. Like, people <laughs> thought the shit was yeah, real. And yeah, they were going ape shit. Yes. Yeah. Imagine know? if you were able to do something like that again on Spotify. You know, like you could you could say, like, it's not real. But what, what, like, what, happened, what would happen if you caught a buzz like that? And even marketing. Did you see that movie Smile? You've heard of it? Yes. Yeah, they marketed that, uh, that movie during uh i believe it was a mets game yes yes i saw that that's clever marketing very clever that like whatever your idea is if you can take pull something out and market it yourself in a way that's very clever sky's the limit you know yeah yeah you know what you're you're, you are right because um you know i started the podcast because i was a person that was heavy into paranormal stuff and i just grew out of the time where you know i can't get the the crew back together you know I like to use the Ghostbusters analogy because right? the crew was all, you know, <laughs> torn apart and they came together again for something in the, in the movies. But I had a, you know, I had a group and we used to do paranormal investigations and research. We used to have meetings. We had more meetings than we did investigations because, you know, the, the age that we started was so young at, you know, at one point we all didn't drive. So I'd have to talk to my father when I was like 17, 16 years old, like, hey, dad, uh. We found a cemetery that's haunted. Can you drive us there? And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? You're, you're going to make me drive. And, you know, we'd all load up into this Pontiac Grand Am van with all the equipment that I bought with my money that I was making on the weekends and do the stuff. You know, and as time goes on, you know, like people are getting jobs now and so on and so forth. So, you know, I always loved, I had this passion for ghost stuff, you know, and that's just one of my top tier passions. I love ghosts. I love spooky stuff. I like conspiracies. And... I needed a way to like talk about it, mm-hmm. you know, like get it out there. So I stumbled upon Spotify for podcasters, which Joey's going to do the uh, thank you at the end. So. <laughs> <laughs> and um, my friend put me onto it and I was like, you know what, let's try it out one day. And I did a pilot episode of Shits and Giggles. And, um, you know, like a week later, I didn't have mics. I didn't have anything yet. So when I was working at my old job, I was sitting in my work van and it was the end of the day. And I had time and I just took out my phone and I did the cryptid episode, which was like literally my second episode minus the pilot. And on the top 10 of my episode list of top 10 listens, that cryptid episode that I did in my van using my phone recorder, just my phone is up there in the most listened views. And I didn't think that would happen, you know, and I found an outlet to use to get my stuff out there and paranormal believe it or not is not the weirdest thing anymore because if you just look at the news <laughs> there is so yeah. much shit going on tiktok i never never was into tiktok and in the last few months started getting into tiktok and there's so much stuff on tiktok with like paranormal mm-hmm. and and conspiracies and folklore and, and history stuff that i'm like there are many outlets and with you as an actor and a writer now you got Hulu, you got Rumble, you got YouTube. People people are straight up famous from social media. Yeah, yeah. The, the difference between Rumble and Hulu, though, Hulu is a streaming service. So I feel like if you go to the Netflix, the Prime, the Hulu, the HBO Max, you're still in that studio system. 
but rumble that's you can just upload yourself you know um i don't like streaming because I, I we can talk about this all you want but there's an oversaturated market on on streaming you're focusing on on quantity as opposed to quality before you get into this i'll just go into the question because i see where you're going with it mm. i was going to ask you what is your opinion on current state of movies and television shows and ideas because we're seeing reboots out the ass yeah, yeah so take what you just said and ride with it because that's that was the question i was going to ask you okay. inevitably that's such that's such a it's new loaded. one yes it's, it's a, a loaded yeah, question yeah there's so much going on at the same time we, we okay. got like two hours okay okay <laughs> maybe well, more okay. you i'm gonna you can't talk about this subject without getting political is that all right Oh, dude, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, okay. we, we, we actually, um, we actually, uh, was, was it last week? By the, no, two weeks ago, we did an episode, right? And when we touch on the political stuff, because I should have gave you like the full one one on this, we don't go into it, but we go into it. You know, we, te we, we tame it down. This is the one you said you thought you were going to get in trouble for? Yeah. yeah. It, was I, I of, it was a lot. I heard you, spoke, I heard you speak about this so, where you, you this is not a political podcast. You don't want to get political, but you're but going we, to. We, when, it comes to <clears throat> when it comes to politics, usually it's in the, in the error or the category of conspiracies, right? Mm -hmm. When you hear conspiracy, unless it's a conspiracy, conspiracy involved with paranormal, mainly when you hear conspiracy, the government's involved, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in the last few weeks, there's a lot of stuff that's conspiratorial that's involved with the government. So I make it known in the beginning when it comes to politics that it's based on the conspiracy and the facts. Now, if you're going to say something, you know, I'm sure you'll have facts. And yeah. facts help, you know, to back your, your claim or your theory or your opinion. Mm -hmm. um, in the last couple of weeks and months, there's a lot of facts that came out that were, you know, like shut down just, just two years ago. So in a nutshell, go for it. Okay. Just, you know, okay. You could, you know. Okay. So I haven't got canceled yet. So that's a good sign. <laughs> yeah, that is a very good sign. Um. Well, the industry Hollywood is out in L.A. as you know, predominantly in New York. These are coastal cities, predominantly liberal, predominantly democratic, and what we're seeing on the progressive end is an acceleration of, I would say, communist Marxist views. Right. Where we're seeing more of a uh, chairman, you know, Mao, China, communist revolution, where yes. he, we got the youth on his side. And part of that would, you need to turn old culture against itself to get your way and say, that's not what you thought about the past is not what you thought. And it's worse than you think. So what you're seeing out of Hollywood from these, these, uh, you know, what built in audiences are. I could be wrong, but it's, um, a set audience put into so that they get the response that they want from the audience? No. No? So it's built-in audience like Star Wars. Star Wars, automatically, you know the characters. It has a built-in audience. Oh, I wasn't educated. <laughs> yeah, that's a good guess. <laughs> a very good guess. But like Star Wars, Marvel, you know these characters before you see the movie. Right. So if that's the case, you're going to take a guy like Luke Skywalker make him the old man the crotchety old man i don't know if you saw the newer star wars yeah a lot of people did because they took luke skywalker and they made him an old feeble grumpy man and if they do this with the new indiana jones movie i will never watch anything <laughs> ever again although i'm hearing that it doesn't go that route but uh, I, fucking uh, crazy. I hate to break your heart but there are reports coming out of cans that the audience was bored and this was more of like a feminist campaign 
where it, she strings him along. Like there's a line you can see in the trailer where he goes, I stole it from you and you stole it from me. And she goes, yeah, that's capitalism. Oh. See what I'm saying? So they're, they're, they're interjecting agenda and they're putting ideology above art. So when you do that, it's not art anymore. It's propaganda. So we're living in a new time where everybody wants to be an activist, not an artist. Everybody thinks that's the right course of action, right. and that's the Marxist and, and agenda. What, and what brought the audiences in for Indiana Jones mm -hmm. directly was the fact that he was this very like, you know, machismo man's yeah. man. He was he, an archaeologist, got dirty in the mud, and he fought the bad guy, yes, which was yes. predominantly the Nazis. Do you know uh, Indiana Jones was the response to James Bond? This was supposed to be the American James Bond. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, George George Lucas. Yeah. And uh, Spielberg came out and, and, well, we see Bond, but this is going to be the American. Educated yeah. Ivy League type yep. of Bond. Yep. I but, know the Magnum P.I. guy was originally supposed to be Indiana Jones, right? With Tom Selleck? I don't I don't they, know. Were yeah, they really? They were yeah. Supposed to, he was up there to, to be casted as, as Indiana Jones. Yeah. And it wasn't going to be Indiana Jones. It was going to be Indiana Smith, you know? <laughs> and, and Chip turned around and Harrison Ford. And I think this was his... I, my I think other, it's his third role. His third role. He you got know. casted as a... He got scouted as a carpenter on the set. Some, I heard that. Someone was I heard like, that. He, is it even true, though? I don't know if that's I true. I think it is because the lady that was in the Ghostbusters reboot like did this whole skit like, you know, it's never too late to to start your dream. Mm. And Harrison Ford, he was, he was, you know, he was picked up for his looks as a carpenter. And he turned out to be a good actor. And, uh, you know, Bill Gates started his company at whatever age. But I think that is actually factual mm, he was a carpenter okay. he got scouted for his looks and yeah. you know hence he is now you know but you see what you said about he's an intellectual but yet he's a guy who's going on an adventure and like having masculine traits those are those are american masculine values you know we we value hard work we value intellectual prowess now you're turning the man in indiana jones he's more of, of a caricature of a masculine man where he's being led around by a woman who is more educated than him. She's more daring than him. Um, that's again, that's all encompassed into this Marxist ideology that tells the feminist, well, you're perfect the way you are. You don't have to go on a journey. You you're, you're better than men just because, and, and here's your story because you deserve it just for being a woman. Whereas any type of male story you'll see prior to now, this is a man uh, he could be, he's, Definitely flawed, but he's going on a journey for betterment. You know, the character arc is what they call it. Like, how do you start a movie and where do you end up? Is he better for the journey? Is he worse off? You'll watch a movie like Pulp Fiction. Where you, that's a great movie, by the way. But it came out in the 90s where you'll have Travolta's character starting here and then kind, and dying because he chose a path that was not, quote unquote, like not righteous, so to speak, where his partner, Sam Jackson, Decided to, to say, like, I'm not going to kill you. Here's my money. I'm trying to choose a better path. And he walked away from it. You know, so like those are good moral lessons to learn. But now like this new Marxist agenda tells you, well, you're great just the way you are. You don't have to go on a trial. You don't have to be go on this story arc. You're great the way you are. So in a nutshell, the recent trilogy of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That's basically what we saw in that new Star Wars. Yes, you'll you'll see the fem the female lead not having to go on a journey, but already better than than Luke Skywalker, already the top tier Jedi. Yeah, and she has all these powers. And then you'll have her counterpart Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver, saying lines like "Destroy the past, kill it if you can." Now, what does that go back to? Chairman Mao, 
you have to destroy the old culture to get to get this new thing going on where people don't care like you said like, you will never watch another Indiana Jones movie if they do that, right? Mm-hmm. They don't want you to care about culture, so you re- you kind of retreat into your shell here. You don't watch the Super Bowl. You don't you don't partake and like go to games like with the Dodgers things going on. You heard about that? Yeah. You don't want to do that anymore. You don't partake in American pastimes. You stay here. This is your little tribe, and you become less American, or we all become less American. You don't socialize with the guy up the block because you don't agree with him based on what you saw. You know, so like we're 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 being fractured in a way through Hollywood that's unprecedented because even in like seven, you've had people in in Hollywood that identified as communists and Marxists, but they were always American pro- first and foremost. American first. Yes, American first. Like you could be a communist, I don't care. You could be a Marxist, I don't care. However, you're pushing your agenda and you want this to be something. That it, this and is not America. There's always going to be somebody to play that role for them, regardless yeah. of if if actors start like saying, "Hey, you know what? This is not for me," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and they get like five, six, seven no's in a row from top prominent actors. They'll build somebody else up. Yeah, yeah. They'll they'll mm-hmm. groom somebody up to be that new leading star. And you know what's funny? Like you do not see movie stars anymore, uh, younger than forty. Like who who do you know younger than forty? That is a movie star like that of I, Tom Cruise. And that being said, I don't even think you don't you don't hear about names anymore either. You hear about no. characters. Yes, I yeah, only, I yes. Name, I can only name a few. You got Timothy Chalamet, right? And you got Tom Holland, the kid who played Spider Man. Now he's British. And first, we know yeah. we know his name because we know acting, right? But if you just said Spider Man, mm-hmm. a lot of people would just be like, "Oh, what's that guy's name?" But I don't know. His, I know his yeah. face. Same thing yeah. with, with Chris Evans, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's Cap- when you see when you hear Captain America, you just think about his face. You mm-hmm. don't. Think, oh, that's the guy who's Captain America. So if you ever see him in any other kind of film, you'd be like, "Oh, Captain America's in this movie." Part of that is is social media because that destroyed the movie star. So that mystique that you, you only saw him on film and you would see him like, "Oh, like they were unicorns at one point." Right. Now the, you can see them all all you want and every day posting something. So they kind of shot themselves in the foot. The people who do have Instagram and Facebook and all these other social media apps if you are an actor because you you want to be the fly on the wall anyway so you don't want to be you know all you don't want people to know you so well because it's harder for them to believe the character you're playing so if i want to play a doctor with a british accent and you knew me every day through my social media you think you're gonna buy me as a british yeah. doctor that's probably why a lot of actors don't like top prominent yeah, actors don't have social you're smart medias. enough to realize like you're I'm, I'm not going to be able to do my role well enough if you know who i am for real right you know the mystique of the act you ever watch the prestige mm-hmm. great movie but that's about acting you know like you have christian bale and you have hugh jackman hugh jackman thank you going how does he do his trick i know he's doing it but how is he doing it you know and they're going back and forth and that's the game of the actor you're a magician you, you take yourself and you morph yourself into this character. That's harder to do if people already know the trick. Mm. You know, so if they know who I am, they're like, oh, that's Dario. He's, he's an Italian from the Bronx. He's not a British guy. But if you didn't know me, you just heard my name. Right. Well, he really doesn't have a British accent. Right. Look at Tom Holland. He's British. Do you, do you, he can pass for an know. American. Yeah. yeah, he can pass for American. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Guys like uh, Tom Hardy, another guy, has a British accent. But yet he'll pass for American. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so all right. So you have you have this agenda being pushed politically through the left, through Hollywood. That's one part of it. Social media. 
and the introduction of YouTube and things like this, Spotify, people are finding different ways to find entertainment. So now like it was just the TV that you had. So you would get out of the house and go watch a movie. Well, now you have the internet. You, you, you have thousands, billions of videos online you can watch all day. So some, some of the portion of the pie is going to these new, new, uh, these new devices, these new platforms. I'm guilty of that. Like literally recently, within the last couple of months, I haven't really watched any streaming services. The mm-hmm. last time I went to the movie was, wow, probably to see the, the, the latest Batman movie. That was actually mm-hmm. the last time I was in the movie theater okay. was to see that Batman movie, which was good. Um, and at night, I disagree with you, but go ahead. <laughs> Listen, we can agree to disagree. I, 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 I'm a Batman I am fan. too, and I disagree with you. I, I actually liked the different take of it. I thought he played a horrible Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. um, but he played a good. It was guy. like an emo Bruce Wayne. Yes, yeah, it was. He, yes, yeah, it was. It was I don't like that. Again, emo. masculine values. Mask, like, but if you where follow, is that? But I also follow comics, and this was like year one Batman. Yes, it he was. was super young, trying to find himself. He didn't really want to be. Bruce Wayne. He wanted to avenge his parents. Anyways, we're not Rotten Tomatoes, but I, <laughs> I thought it was a good take. I thought it was a good take. Um, but I, what I was saying is that he was talking about all well, these people don't have other ways to find to entertain themselves. Mm-hmm. And at night, Discovery Plus just recently started airing new stuff, which is great because I watch Discovery Plus for the, the reason of my podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a particular show on there that I love, and I go on there. And um, at night, the last couple of months, because nothing is new, right? The, the latest thing I streamed and I actually bought was the Mario Brother movie, which mm-hmm. Tomato said was going to suck. And it was very, very good because Chris Pratt is one of those actors. And I'm sure you'll get into this that Hollywood labeled like excommunicado because of his beliefs and, and stuff like that. I wouldn't say he's excommunicado, but he's the acceptable version of a conservative. Right. Right. So he's not vocal about his like you, on the left. You can be as vocal as you want to be. You could say, you know, X, Y and Z about any other group on the right that is acceptable. But if you're coming from the right. You cannot be vocal about your opinions, yeah, at all. So he's the acceptable version. That's the reason I believe Rotten Tomatoes, because of him, gave the score the 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 score they did, and then the audience score just was like the roof, and it broke records and all the whole nine. That was the last thing I watched movie wise. Mm -hmm. My entertainment is literally YouTube videos on TV. I'll put YouTube sync it with my phone and scroll through there, Uh, TikTok. And just scrolling through Instagram pages, mm-hmm. other outlet pages to see what, what people are doing and you know what they're posting and stuff like that. That's my night. That's my night of entertainment. It's not movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if I turn a TV show on, it sucks. The last TV show I watched was on Netflix. It was uh, The Recruit, which is about like people sending in stuff to um, the Pentagon. And they send this kid like, hey, this story right here. We need this like washed up. You need to reach out to them and say they're going to get sued by the U.S. US government if they don't stop sending us because you know, they're coming too close to the truth. And he, end, he ends up finding this whole Russian thing going on with this girl and everything. Very good show. Ratings were mixed, but I thought it was good. That was the last mm-hmm. thing I watched. Other than that, my entertainment is YouTube, um, Spotify, Joe Rogan, you, um, TikTok videos, things like that, or listening to my ass. Just the short clips. Now, let me ask you a question. Um do you think this is why we're seeing shows like these these shorter shows on Netflix and Hulu's where they have these episodes? It was just like stream. What, what's the most recent one? Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. The, the, there's the new season, mm-hmm. and they're like an hour long. Some mm-hmm. of them are like forty five minutes long, and it's only six episodes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Are we are we seeing this because the attention span? And I feel like for me personally, I think the answer is yes. Um, you could disagree, 
because I find myself having a hard time to focus on like the performance because mm. I know that there's something at my fingertips to be able to just get a, a, a better dopamine hit of something more interesting and constantly be spiked at a, at a very high level. It's you know the, what I'm saying? It's absolutely that. You're right. But it's also more profitable. So they don't have to spend as much money. And they can just like, you, like there's a one. So uh, a double-edged yes, kind of thing. Yes. Uh, Outer Range was another one with Josh Brolin. You'll get mm -hmm. a big name. You'll sign them on for just one season, six episodes, but you'll get more bang for your buck that way as opposed to writing a series that goes on and on and on and you don't know where to go. Right. So, But even like out of range, they didn't know where to go either because I watched that and like by season six, by episode six, I was like, you didn't you didn't answer any of the questions you posed. Like, where, where is this going? You know, but that's another thing. Like you're losing, it's the perfect storm because you have this new entertainment through the internet, but you're also making stuff putting agenda above art and you're preaching at people. Nobody wants to be preached at. No. The world is hard enough. You don't want to go into a theater or sit on your television and say, you need to do this because you need, you're a bad person. We need to fix this because it needs to be fixed now because it's such an emergency. Nobody wants to hear you do that. Nobody. I don't care if you fall. Well, I don't know about the left. But I don't care. Like, everyday normal people don't care. Yeah. Do not care. Like As much as they want you to care, you're going to change more hearts and minds through exactly that, hearts and minds. You know, but they're not doing that. They're preaching at you. They're giving you the the racist white guy. So they're getting the conformity, in the sense where they're they're kind of like, um, they want the virtue signaling. They they want the people that are just gonna like bow down and say, hey, this is where it should be. Not because I I like this kind of entertainment, but because it needs to be this way because they're saying it, and and I don't want to get canceled. So well, let me let me not say anything. Well, if you, I think if you dig deep. The progressive left is for less than 1% of the population, the elite class, right? So if that's the case, you're only pandering for those, to those people in the writer's room, for the director, for the people paying for it. And these are people with millions of dollars, right? So it's not so much for – they've lost touch with the common working, working class and below them because they're only making these things for the people at the top. Like if I write this thing, like for a perfect example, She-Hulk. Right? Did you watch any of that? I did not did watch. You hear it. how terrible it was? I heard it was bad. Or it's Cleopatra, but these things like it took fifteen writers three years to write She-Hulk, and it got a rating of I think like ten percent. If you want to fact check me on yeah, that, no. I watched She-Hulk solely for the fact I wanted to see Daredevil. Mm. And, and they look at they did to him. And they yeah. And my <laughs> friend Joey, he's um he's a big Marvel guy, comic book dude, and he was like, no, they're gonna they're gonna you know. They did that for his comic side because Matt Murdock has a comic side. I was like, dude, they could have let that hallway scene rock without having her drop in and, and do mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. They made him do the walk of shame, mm -hmm. which to, in my opinion kind of degraded, you know, like dudes, right? Like you didn't Feminization have, of men. Yeah, you didn't That's have a big to thing. have him do that. Because She-Hulk she has a 2.0 rating for audiences, but Rotten Tomatoes has it at 80%. Why do you think, yeah, again, Rotten why Tomatoes, do you think that? <laughs> I don't, I, I never listen to Rotten Tomatoes. So here, here, uh, IMDB, IMDB is a 5.3 out of 10. I, perfect example right now, not only am I a Batman fan, you know, and uh, a uh, Star Wars fan myself, but I'm a, I'm a huge Ghostbuster fan. People that listen and follow my IG page, SWAB underscore podcast, they know I'm a big Ghostbuster fan, right? So years ago, when, when the diehards were fiending for another movie, right, they did 2016 Ghostbusters with the women. And I remember people saying, oh, people that don't like this movie are, you know, 
women haters. And I'm like, no. I didn't like the movie, which I didn't see, because from what I heard and clips on YouTube that I painfully watched, it's they rebooted it. You cannot reboot certain movies. They are just untouchable, right? Like if they decided to reboot Indiana Jones, I'd be like, hell fucking no, right? There's only one guy that could be Indiana Jones. And as far as the Ghostbusters, there's four people that could be Ghostbusters, right? Instead of going the route, they rebooted it and it was terrible. It was terrible. It was the first ever YouTube trailer that got the most dislikes in YouTube history. I, I Don't quote me on that, but it is one of the most disliked videos, right? Instead of going with the idea of having these women be the be the the predecessors of the Ghostbusters and be the like the the daughters, you know, you could have had three of them be the daughters of Vinkman, Stance, and and, and Spangler, mm-hmm. and or even Winston, right? They just full on rebooted it. I heard the movie was filled with men, jokes against men, mm-hmm. and, and and like well, look, I, at, look it, at that guy Chris Evans. He was he was the role of the uh, Janine. Janine, yeah, Is that he her was name? the Janine of the movie. But he, but instead of making, because Janine was very smart, and she kind of was the glue of the of the Ghostbusters. Yeah. She was the one who was manning the, manning the the phones and the, and every call yeah, that came in. Yeah, yeah. Like they, 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 there was nothing wrong with her in the original. Yeah, you know, but even you, the cartoon. But you turn around, and you kind of make Chris Evans a himbo. You know what I mean? Where it's just like he's dumb. He's he's good looking, but he's dumb shit. You know, yeah, he wasn't her character. He's yeah, just the complete he opposite. He was the feminist feminist view of a man. You know, of an attractive man, because you know you cannot be attractive and smart to the feminist agenda. You have to be attractive and dumb. Mm. I, you know, I did. That's something that I didn't even catch in that movie. No, I did. I just I caught it just based on the on the, on the trailers. You know, I, I caught that on just the trailers, and then I went to the extent of because I didn't want to watch it. My my mm-hmm. Amy actually, she was like, "Let's put it on for Briella. She might like it." It was girls, and I was like, "Amy, you put that movie on." I'm walking out. Of the movie. <laughs> that's how dead set I am. I was like, I. He, he wanted he, he didn't want to reboot he he wanted the original guys coming back so bad. Well, what did you think of the the afterlife? I loved it. Oh, you I did. did. I cried. Okay. I literally okay. and I don't cry like that for I don't cry much at all. Literally, like okay. people pass away and I don't cry. I cried. I teared up at the end of the movie because what they did for Hal Ramis mm. and if you actually know the history between Bill Murray and Hal Ramis, like they were good friends and I think Groundhog Day broke them apart and they didn't talk for years. And when Bill Murray found out that Hal Ramis was literally dying. He went over there and was sitting at his bedside talking to him. And then weeks later, he ended up passing away. So to see his genuine, genuine reaction in the movie when they CGI'd him was actually um, Ivan Reitman. Not Ivan Reitman. Um, uh, his uh, son is Ivan Reitman, I believe, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, Google that real quick. But the the original maker of the Ghostbusters uh, was something Reitman. It's it Ivan Reitman or... Uh, there he is right there. No, it was Ivan Reitman. I was right. Mm-hmm. Ivan Reitman was the original maker of Ghostbusters. He was in the suit playing Egon, playing mm-hmm. Harold Ramis' character. So when they did the ghost, the hand scene where they, with the, they were, his granddaughter was shooting um, Gozer, you know, it was him in the suit. And then they CGI'd Harold Ramis, Egon Spangler. And I teared up because it was such a good send-off. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I loved it. I don't know if you saw it. I haven't seen it. it but, oh, dude. But you talk about like... Great movie. Like, that was what we wanted. See we wanted said, Harold Ramis in it, but... That, that's his granddaughter in, in the film? Yeah. And he's guiding her hand? Yes. Isn't that something human? Very human? Yes. With this whole agenda that they're pushing, it's fucking off human condition and saying your identity is more important than that. So you're a strong woman. You don't need any help. 
you're you know a laughable man you're the patriarchy you should be pushed down human like it's it's the human condition what makes you watch a movie because you can see yourself in that like how we treat each other storytelling is one of the oldest professions in the world like we sat around a campfire and told stories to make us come to life and ghost stories yeah ghost stories compelling stories about bravery on the hunt coming back and this guy did this and, you and i think everyone can relate to bravery exactly type of stories exactly even you know anyone who's super left or feminist yeah. whatever you're, you're gonna relate to it the history of america is based on stories of bravery not only that but the human condition in general we we may change you know we have clothes different now we have iphones and all these other things but for ten thousand years betrayal stole betrayal you know, like anger is still anger. Love is still love. You know, anything that you can think of that is a human emotion has existed for 10,000 years. We're still constructed the same way. So if that's the case, why would you think that fucking that off would be in your best interest to push this agenda forward? Right. That has nothing to do with the human condition. Now, isn't it at the detriment to making money as well? Though? Yes, it is. But you know what? If you're a true believer in the cause, you will go down with the ship. So it doesn't matter that these movies are losing billions of dollars. Billions. Like that new movie, uh, The Flash, it's going to flop. That movie Pixar just made Elemental is going to flop. I'm going to see Flash tomorrow. I haven't I okay. haven't I haven't seen it yet, so I, I... It's nostalgia bait. So they're gonna get you go. Michael they're gonna get Keaton. you to go. For That's Michael the reason Keaton. I'm going to see it. It's Michael Keaton. I think everybody is yeah. only going to but see. This, and honestly, I feel like I could probably wait to watch it. At watch home. wait. I heard wait because the CGI is terrible because they spent over budget like seven hundred million. I'm a DC. And then they try to say that they did it on purpose that way. Yeah, no, that it looks it. that way on purpose. I'm like, yeah. I don't I'm know. A, I'm a DC fan, so that like I'm seeing it because uh, the person I'm going with tomorrow, he's a big fan of the the original Batman movie, mm -hmm. the uh, Tim Burton movies, and. I'm going to see it for I'm I'm a DC fan. I don't know what the fuck they're doing to Henry Cavill. Why did it, you know? What, That's so sad. I don't know why this <laughs> guy is doing that. So like, sad. I don't understand it. And then he's leaving The Witcher for. Oh, he got pushed out of that. I heard. I don't know the story behind that, but I thought he left The Witcher to do Superman. And then when I found out he's not Warhammer. doing Superman, he's doing a, I think a live action Warhammer. He got pushed out of James Bond. He got pushed out of Superman. I think he got pushed out of Witcher too. I think he, again, this plays into that narrative. Like, he is just... He represents the man's man. Yes. Yes. You look at him as he could be James Bond. The he, real one. When you saw him as Superman, you're like, holy shit, that he, is that Superman. Is Superman. Yeah. That yes, is Superman. Yes, yeah. That's the problem they have and, with and him. In our generation, I, yeah. even like as many Supermans as we've seen, we've, we embraced him as, mm -hmm. okay, this is our Superman now. Yeah. Even yeah. after seeing like Christopher Reeves. And, yeah, and DC, DC really fucked themselves. This, this guy is, that came from Marvel. What's his name? Um, oh, I know. Um, I know exactly who you're talking about. His he he came from Marvel and he's doing this. James now. Gunn. Yeah. James Gunn is just literally, in my opinion, fucked himself by doing that. Y yeah. You know, and then as these rumors were like, he didn't really, he's going to do Superman again. They just, they're just keeping him, you know, James Gunn's notorious for his hidden, hidden stuff. Like no one thought that, uh, Andrew Garfield and and uh, what's his name? Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah. We're going to be in Spider Man. Yeah. They were like, no, yeah. we're not in it. We don't stop asking. Him. We're definitely not in the movie. And yeah. then boom, the little twirly circle comes out, and there and then that made, and that made the movie. But who knows? But, yeah, but I, I think, think that if he's not playing Superman going forward, they fuck themselves. Well, again, they're trying to do the beetle, the Blue Beetle now, which is good. I like the kid from Cobra Kai. Did they you got, see the trailer? I actually thought the trailer was pretty. Did you dope. See the, end of the trailer? Huh? Did you see the end of the trailer? You got George, George Lopez calling Batman a fascist? No, see, I didn't miss that part. So you're bringing, you're bringing <laughs> the points that I missed. You see, like, like, 
the com uh, we can talk about the 50s because i know you wanted to get into that but the communists is very subtle very subtle with their little jibes here and there you know they, what i mean they um not not anymore during the 50s period they had that the uh, uh association that ha huac yeah, house of un-american activities yeah they would they would go all over like communist stuff yeah, and propaganda so, stuff. yeah there's a good well, as, the, as the population grows you're always you're always going to have that class of of uh kids coming up in the ranks that don't feel like they have a home mm-hmm. and then those are the people that are most susceptible to you know oh i don't i don't fit in here i'm i'm a little smaller i'm a little more frail i i fit in over here a little bit more instead of building that person up it's like no you're fine the way you are come come to our side you kind know, of thing you that's know? what i think the allure for like let's say captain america did you watch the first one i did not all right so the first one is he's this scrawny kid He's about right. like five one, hundred and ten pounds, soaking wet. But the moral of the story, like they've tried this super serum on everyone, it works with him because of who he is. His he's a moralist. He was always mentally tough. And yeah, but always... yeah, exactly. But he's brave. He's a moralistic person. He was the one to jump in the grenade, where right. the other guy, the bigger guy, ran. Didn't. That's a good message to send somebody who's in that situation of being a little more. You know, uh, not the orthodox type of masculine man at the time. It's what's inside that matters. You can be that guy. It just takes a little more. It takes that courage to come out, whatever it is. Just, you know, adhere to that. But th- there's there's this sense where they will go down with the ship and push this narrative on you because they're true believers. And they're right. just trying to, like, they don't care anymore. Like, I told you, like, all these films are losing money. They don't care. They don't care. And, you know, it's funny. There's There's also another sentiment here. Something called uh, hate watching. You've heard of hate watching. You know what that is? No, I'm not gonna even take an edge guy. Look, made me look like an asshole. All right, so like, <laughs> 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 that was a good guess before, though. That was a good guess. I refuse to look like an idiot again. All right, so hate watching is exactly how it sounds. Like you've heard of that show Velma, like one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, dude. Yeah, exactly. Oh. You've heard about it, but people watched to see how bad it was gonna be. So they know that. So when the market, when they pick it, like you can pick the most innocuous type of cartoon out there like like scooby-doo and turn it into this hateful thing like white racism type of deal and people will watch it to see how bad it is or cleopatra you know like they made her black when she's historically greek and they said no no no, this is this is this is a documentary and people watch to see how bad it would be so they know that right these big studio executives so they'll 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 turn a character black when they were historically white and they'll do that to make sure that you know they'll get more eyes on it because they know like they don't have the the human condition they're sacrificing that for the identity politics and then they'll turn around and hate the fan because you don't like it like ben kenobi right right ben kenobi came out and there's this one character she happens to be african-american where people just didn't resonate with that character but the but disney came out and said well you're a racist because you don't like this i I, I that that's from the new show Kenobi, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And I, I, she, she was supposed to play. Is she from the dark side? She's on the dark side, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you what? Did you watch it? I watched pieces of it, but it, again, it I, I honestly think I saw it. I I honestly think people didn't resonate with that character because she was bad, but there was no under like the good underlying quality that she may have had wasn't shown until maybe towards the end yeah. of the last so few episodes. So there's no there's no resonance because you don't yeah. want to resonate with the bad guy, yeah. you know. Yeah. So spoiler alert. So, who, but I'm sure everyone's seen Kenobi by now. She was one of the Jedi in the in the temple mm-hmm. when Order Six Six uh, happened, mm-hmm. and she basically got out of there and found her way into the um, the Sith Order. And there's a special 
um, name that I'm drawing a blank on. Um, the uh, fuck, it's like a it's a certain order that was made after that Order Six Six took place for the Jedi. That these were the people hunting the Jedi down. Whoever survived, Ashoka, Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the video game, which might become canon, um, the the Jedi Fallen Order game. They had the kid playing him, like she became one of these um these bad uh, Sith and are hunting the Jedi. And she, at the end, she tries to kill Vader because like she was like, you know, you did this. This was mm-hmm. your part of your plan with Palpatine and everything. So what Joey's saying is, you didn't know that. To the end. However, her acting in that in that show, to me, and I'm not an actor aficionado, like, you know, I thought the acting was bad. I didn't hate her because she was a certain color. I didn't hate her because she was young. The acting was bad. You know, like, you know, even the, the little girl that played... When Rey, she was mad, it wasn't... I felt like was it wasn't believable. believable. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, she didn't have that the dark side hate. Like, when Anakin Skywalker got bad, like, like at the end when they're in the lava scene and he's like, I hate you! Yeah, and he yeah. really yeah, said yes, it. Yeah. Like, you didn't feel that fire, you yeah. know? Like, some and actors you know have that, some don't. Some you know, don't. like, human emotion is authentic. You know it when you see it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, you watch something. Like, like Hayden Christensen felt that. Like, when, when he yeah. said that line, he delivered it. He, mm-hmm. was, he was looking at Obi-Wan was like, I, I see. And the crazy... I don't see Hugh and McGregor. I see Obi Wan, and I fucking I hate him. The crazy you know? thing is, people actually hated Hayden Christensen. Yeah, in, during yeah I remember the, that. At, at one, two, and three, and then they yearned for him later. Well, what does that mean? I don't you know. know. Yeah, yeah. Shit. I think you know I think I, mean? I think it takes like you have to look. That's what happens with movies, though. They they get like this this cult. Like people people rewatch them a few times. Like, oh, you know what that. That wasn't bad, you know? Like, And then you start to really notice the art behind the acting and, and how good it was I in will, certain scenes. I will watch Double Dragon and the original Mario <laughs> Brother movie over and over again and even Street Fighter, and it will still suck ass. <laughs> but you know what, though? Like, what does that tell you about this time we're living in also? That you'll you'll watch a movie like Super Mario Brothers, right? The cartoon or the movie? The cartoon that okay. just came out. I saw that with my nieces and nephews. It wasn't somebody for our age. But that's what's passable as a great movie now. I actually liked it. Yeah, but there's, uh, there's, was, if you watch, they, they, they dove into nostalgia so much and like the Easter eggs in, in the movie, like the Yoshi egg that's sitting mm, there. Yeah, but there was really no story. There was really no plot. You know what I mean? A, it was a super small plot. Yeah, Save exactly, Luigi. exactly. Yeah. So like, what's passable for good stuff for everyday people? The bars being lowered and lowered and lowered because there's just so much shit coming out that it's about quantity over quality. You know, and this, and it's all agenda ridden. You know, like they're putting the ideology above art, and this is what you're getting. So when you see like Top Gun, you watch Top Gun Maverick. I did. Save that thought. We're gonna take a momentary pause. Okay, Dario, we left off. Took a little bathroom break, but um, talk about Top Gun Maverick. Right. So Top Gun Maverick came out. I think it was last summer. Made a billion dollars domestically without any type of overseas help globally. But you had a story there that was appealing to the human condition, didn't tear down, you know, American values like American exceptionalism, American exceptionalism, and it didn't kill your hero. So people resonated with that. You had this guy, Maverick, Tom Cruise's character, and he's past his prime, but he's still flying, and they want him to come in 
and teach these young bucks. At the very first scene, he does like Mach 10. Yeah. Like he's yeah. the guy. Yeah. You know, I'm the guy that does Mach mm-hmm. 10. So, they, so they, right there. Right there, they're showing. Yeah. And what they're showing him what Americans are. They're rebellious. Even they were when they were telling him to shut it down. You don't have the authority. He's standing up to the government Just saying, a little more. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't see the movie. So oh, I you got to see yeah. it, man. But I see both of them. But the rebellious nature that is uniquely American, like since the American Revolution, you know, like that's Tom Cruise. He exemplifies American values. So they didn't tear that down. They kind of built on that. The last scene where he's like, you kids can't do it. Watch me. You know, so they didn't tear your hero down, made a billion dollars and it resonated with audiences because they weren't preaching at you. And what does it tell you about everything else coming on, coming around? So you can't, you can vote once every four years, every two years, but you can vote your money too. So I saw it twice just because I was like, you know what, Tom Cruise, you could be crazy with Scientology. I don't care. You're not preaching at me. You're not tearing down my heroes. Here's my money. Scientology. We got to do an episode on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've seen stories about we'll have, them. <laughs> we'll, we'll have you back on for that one but if you, you want. You see what I'm saying? You can be a communist. You can be a Marxist. You can be a Scientologist as long as you don't ram your ideas down my throat. And while it was doing so well, the media wanted to interject and throw mm-hmm. it in there that mm-hmm. how like nuts he is. Yeah. Like, they were just yeah. coming up with shit too yeah. just, just to see if they could make it do yeah. bad. You know. Like, but you see what audiences are responding to. Mario Brothers. There was no agenda in that film whatsoever. Zero. You had Top Gun, no agenda in there whatsoever. Ghostbusters Afterlife, zero agenda in that movie at all. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, and and goes along the lines of what you're saying is, and I'm not defending Ghostbusters, I'm a big nerd fan of it, but 2016 did so bad. When they found out, one of the actresses, uh, the chick from Saturday Night Live, that was in the 2016 movie. Kristen Wiig, I think her name is. Yeah. yeah. She was like, I'm so pissed they're doing this movie. How dare they? How can you even say that? This is the original, the original director. Yeah, yeah, that's their making movie. a third movie. It's their movie. It's literally their movie. And uh, she then, wanted the she wanted the second, you know, reboot yeah, of so they, hers. They, they made the movie, and she was all pissy hiffy about it. And what did Rotten Tomatoes do? They gave it a bad score. And the mm-hmm. audience score mm-hmm. was once again the uh, audience to me outweighs the Rotten Tomatoes. They're full of shit, and it yeah. did, it did very very well. All the Ghostbusters fans were all all about it. I follow many pages on on, and it goes to show you that. This is what we wanted. And, you know, then there's some nice Ghostbusters fans. Like, I'll watch 2016. I like the proton packs. No. Cool on you guys, but goes along the lines of what you're saying. And I throw the Ghostbuster thing in there. Yeah, but we're living in a new age. If you you just said the audience score is more important and more accurate than your critic score. The critics are adhering to the institution of Hollywood. You know, they won't invite these critics back and get their little pre-screen. You know what a pre-screener is? They'll get the movie first. I'm not doing that guessing <laughs> game again. <laughs> it's just they'll get the movie first because the studio is like, here, like, what do you think about this? They won't get those anymore if they bash the movie. And some of them are ideologically captured. So they'll they'll just toe the line, you know, and this has infected a lot of industries. Like there's a reason why people say the institutions have fallen from your governments to the police organizations to politics. Hollywood is another institution that is falling because it's been corrupted by this cancer, which is this Marxist agenda being pushed predominantly through elites. So, again, like... You're not saying there's like an NWO, are you? I'm not saying anything. Oh, allegedly. I just clarified. Allegedly. Here. For anyone out there, you know, listening. Yeah, allegedly. I'll say it. Don't worry. There's an NWO. <laughs> don't worry. I'm the one that takes the hit. Right, Joey? <laughs> he always does. All right. I just, don't, I just don't want to... Just call me Tony Stark. I just don't want the Impala sitting outside my house tonight, you know, with the lights off watching me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, like, you've asked me earlier what exactly is going on in Hollywood. You'll have this agenda. 
you'll have the introduction of new media, new entertainment. You'll also have um, writers and the elite dictating their their agenda. But these writers are going to places like Dartmouth, Yale, Princeton. They're in an in intellectual uh, bubble, so to speak. Right. So they're not conversating with the everyday human being they're not going to work in a blue collar job so they're all in these little bubbles echo chambers and they're saying to each other don't you think this is great and we'll we'll do this velma thing where we bash these people and they all talk to each other and say yeah that's great you should do that and then they'll put it out and the audience hates it and then they'll say well no because you we all think this is great right they hate it well that's that that's them they're the problem right and then then you get well you're all racist you're all bigots you're all sexist you're all mis misogynistic that's where that comes from. They're, they're in their they're bubbles. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, it comes down to narcissism too. There's a lot of narcissism in Hollywood. One thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, sometimes I feel like I got into the wrong business. I'm not saying I'm a saint. I'm not saying I'm the most humble person. But you look at them. You're not no Harvey Weinstein, right? No, I am oh, not. Okay. <laughs> I am not. I am not. We but, can talk about that. Let's <laughs> yeah. get into that. Yeah. Yeah. But but there's a level of narcissism, and like you could talk to psychologists about this too. Like, why do you want to act? Why do you have to be seen? You know, like what what makes you think that you were the person to champion this agenda? You know, so there, there's that element in Hollywood where they think that they are the bearers of truth. You go to any acting class, and I've seen it before. There's this, you know, like pretension and falseness to some actors, writers, directors, where they kind of have this sense of like, I'm an intellectual, I'm your intellectual better. And I'm going to give you what you need in life because I know better than you. And you see that, and I'm like, you're kind of an asshole, you yeah. know? And coming from a blue-collar background, I'm more, I'm closer to what Tarantino is, Scorsese was, you know? Like, they, Tarantino worked in a video store. He worked every day just watching movies. Scorsese lived in his car for a little while and just wrote. The people who are the blue-collar workers get it more so than these people coming from Dartmouth. And, and Princeton and Yale and their intellectual bubbles and they're pushing everybody out, the common man, and they're saying, well, if you're not getting it, it's you. It's a you problem. So that, that's part of the problem as well. They're in these intellectual bubbles and they'll, they'll blame the audience for their problems. You know, Or not their problems, but their shortcomings. And they're very narcissistic and they won't apologize. They won't say, all right, I need to do better. They'll say, you're the problem and you need to toe the line. Mm. So that, that's, that's where we're at right now in Hollywood. You want to talk about streaming services, there's so much quality, I'm sorry, quantity over quality there because they have an endless library. You can keep uploading stuff. And I know you have to pay for server space. So Disney quietly uh, took off things that weren't you know, uh, being watched because it, it was eating up their server space. So why have Willow on there when nobody's watching it? Yeah. You know, but um, that's where we're at right now in terms of, you know, the agenda being pushed. You have these writers, you have... You know the new media, and there was something else. I, I feel like it really kicked off with all those films. Remember, like Divergent, and then there was another one that was exactly like it. Yeah, where they, it was like oh, dystopian future. Yeah, yeah. They, I think a I character feel like named Beatrice. Yeah. And, Hollywood works in waves. So like you had the westerns, and then you had the crime boom, and then you had the blockbusters in the eighties, like Terminator and all these other things. We're living in the superhero comic uh, yeah. era, but you're seeing the decline of it. You know, when I talked about civil, you've seen Civil War, Captain America, the Captain America yeah. line, where it was more serious in tone. When you get more comical, 
you can that's when you know you're in the decline of an era when westerns became comical then you saw the decline when crime films became more comical that's when you see the decline so we're living in the decline of the superhero genre i don't know what's going to supplant it if anything this might be the end of movie theaters because a lot of people aren't going back to the theaters because of agenda not so much that they don't want to go but because you're putting out shit another thing i noticed too Maybe slightly off topic. Is it just me or when a movie hits the movie theaters, it's out on streaming service or mm-hmm. to buy like a month later? Or is it no, it's not me? you. It's, it's That's happening. What's going on with that? What's, I, what's, your, what's your theory on that? Because I as a kid, I was growing up and something would come out of, you know, like Jurassic Park. I loved that movie when I was a kid. I remember seeing it in the movie theaters, whatever. And I was like, I can't wait to get the VHS. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. still know what that is. And it took like fucking six months to get that movie like out on VHS. I remember that. Now it's like Super Mario's just came out like two months ago. I watched it like a month later. What is like that's mind-boggling to me. I think because you're seeing the disappearance of physical media like DVDs and Blu-rays. No and I, I don't say VHS, that. There's no more physical media anymore, and also Th- that's why we're not getting all the filmmakers who don't have deep pockets, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. independent the, films, exactly. Yeah, and we're not getting those those. You know the, the Unique. variation, uniqueness yeah, yeah, yeah. of films in That's the industry anymore. So now you're only getting the one side that that Marxist view side because mm-hmm. they're the ones with the money. So they're the ones dictating the content. The people with the money are used. These are more venture capital funded, where it's about like a group of ten people with big bucks saying like this is what we're going to do, and they're towing the line of this ESG stuff. You've heard of that? No. ESG, environmental social governance, where it's a credit. It's not like a credit score for companies. So uh, if you want to get a good credit score for your company, you have to be environmentally friendly. You have to be, you know, uh, diverse, equity, and inclusion. It's along those lines for corporations. So they'll include this stuff in movies because they want a good ESG, ESG score. Like, look, we're diverse. We have somebody. Look, we're, we're talking don't, about climate don't change. Don't cancel us. Yeah. Yes. Don't, not even don't cancel us, but make our stock dividends go up, mm-hmm. you know? So... You Are have there people that really look for that ESG yes, score, though. Yes, but when you have a company like BlackRock and uh, the other one, I forget the name of it, pushing it, they're all going to toe the line because they're the bigger fish in the pond, so to speak. So they're going to push it. But getting back to your point, you're seeing it move to streaming because you know there's no more DVDs, and that is what's killing independent art because they back can't then, make their money. Yeah, they don't. Know, they can't make their money back. So uh, unless it's pushed on a streaming service and that's all but that's privately a one shot owned. deal yeah like you have like you buy a dvd you buy a dvd i buy a dvd you know you, you pay for it one time on streaming that's it you know they, they they don't even get like the individual sales off of like amazon it's just like a one bulk deal what they do with the creator of the content like mm-hmm. here's your money we're taking the rest of it you know so i think matt damon said and it. we'll give you money accordingly as yeah, as the views yeah. no no th- oh, they don't even all right but matt, oh, wait, we're gonna go to that but matt damon said the reason why you're not seeing more independent unique stuff is because dvd sale dvds are not a thing anymore they would make their money back they don't exist so these companies will have the built-in audiences where they know they're going to make a profit because you're going to see it regardless because you know indiana jones you know and that's Star why he Wars. put air on hulu like, yeah, it, yeah. It didn't even go to the movie. So that would go to the movie theaters mm-hmm. before, mm-hmm. and now it's just straight to streaming service. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he didn't want to take the chance that it would flop in the box office, and then they're then they're screwed. Yeah, yeah. And they don't make their money back. So the, these people at the top, these hedge, hedge fund guys, are just saying, like, "All right, well, give me buy Indiana Jones the franchise, and we'll make a movie, and make sure it has ESG standard stuff in there, so we can sell it." Not. 
their stock dividends are probably more important now than they are to like let's say box office like they don't care about box office so much as they do with stock dividends so if their stock goes off off on this thing and they didn't make money on the movie they don't care and also you have the ideological zealots who will say i don't care like sink the ship i'd rather sink the ship than either admit i'm wrong or change course Mm. so but you're seeing a lot of that now the crazy stuff, man. You're hearing that BlackRock name, I think, I feel like more than ever. Well, they own everything. Yeah. They have their tentacles and everything. <laughs> and everything. Disney, too. Yeah. Disney's like, Disney has got their hands on everything. When mm-hmm. they acquired mm-hmm. Marvel, yeah. you know, you know, Netflix had, you know, Daredevil, Punisher, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist. Those were Fist, good shows. Great shows on Netflix. I am scared, genuinely scared to see how the Daredevil show turns out and the writer strike is really slowing shit down that's what i want to talk about the writer strike because uh you mentioned views that's one thing they keep very close to the chest like amazon and hulu and disney they don't tell you how many views you get or uh streaming like um how many minutes watched they know that so they know let's say you turn on she hulk they know to the minute you stop watching to the minute whether or not you completed it if you completed all six but they won't tell the contact creators because they don't want to pay residuals. So this is one of the uh, contentious points being battled over with this strike is that... They wouldn't have a company if they had to pay residuals. Exactly. Exactly. They'd, they'd be worth a lot less. Especially because they're losing so much money off of these shows that people aren't watching. And then they would have to admit, well, nobody's watching She-Hulk. You know, it's not as good as the critics say it is because how can it be that good if nobody's watching it? So they would have to admit that. You know, like you have the audience score with films that come out in the theater, but you don't really have that. Well, you have it with TV shows, I think, an audience score, right? With TV shows that are on Hulu. Yeah, you do. All right. But you don't have to admit to, to saying that, well, you know, this X many, X many people are watching it. They don't tell you that. They can say and lie to you, you know, more people watched Rings of Power than ever before. But how do you know that when you're not really having any data to support it? So they keep that very close to the chest for not paying residuals. And also you can lie more so about how profitable or successful a project is. Um, that uh, the AI part about the writer's strike is another big thing. And again, if like, if AI, you, AI is probably coming up with more, cre- not creative, I don't but think so. like catchy I don't think so. content. You don't use AI, right, Joe? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think AI all right, I, I, I think I think what people use it for is the rewording of, and I feel like writers do that. They'll plug in what they had wrote mm-hmm. and say, "Give me something else and give me ideas," and it'll spit well, again, all off of like, your original ideas. Look at a mathematician. You can use a calculator as a crutch or a tool. Is it a crutch or a tool? Is gonna you're gonna make it do the work for you, or you're gonna use it and apply it to what you've already done? If you fear AI that much, I think you, that shows you how. Lacking creativity in Hollywood, there is right now. They're, they're, look, dude, I was saying this with the reboot thing. I, I'm not by any means uh, big into movies, TV shows. Like, if my other friend Joey was here, you guys are privy to it. He's a he's a movie buff. He can name actors and writers and all that stuff. So, would have been a good episode for him to sit on. But I don't see originality mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I I see TV shows. I you know I go on Facebook. I follow IGN, IMDb, all that. Mm-hmm. I see shows coming out and literally like canceled like yeah. the next day. That's why all the reboots. The C- I mean, the look CW? at Cobra Kai. Yeah. The CW yeah. show. I like Cobra Kai. But CW, it's a good show. Yeah, CW. But you see what it did there? Like you had Ralph Macchio. He became the villain. 
yeah. a little bit, and then you have yeah. the other guy. But it's an interesting, unique extension. You built on the story. You didn't retell the story. You kind of you 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 took it a step further. That's a great extension of a thing. Yeah, yeah some creativity. They, there. Yeah, yeah. I think they did that well, Cobra yeah. Kai. I yeah. think they I think they took the nostalgia, which we mm-hmm. like, and and they didn't they didn't use any kind of you know agendas in, mm-hmm. in that movie in that show. To be honest with you, they took uh, Billy Zaban, right? Yep. Who played yep. um, what's his name in the show? Um, Machios em- Nemesis. Oh, uh, in the show, uh, what's this guy's name? Like, like his character name? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, forget. It's on, I forget it. Yeah. Well, anyways, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, we we like the that? show, but they they didn't they didn't make him get toned down. He's cursing. Mm-hmm. He's throwing mm-hmm. bombs out there. They're using classical rock in the show. You know, um, I. I, I enjoyed it. They did a good job. But there are shows out there that are bombing. Now, for instance... Johnny Lawrence. Johnny Lawrence. Johnny. Yeah, they made Johnny Lawrence, like, you know, like, awesome. They didn't tone him down. They didn't put him off to an agenda and things like that. And then you got shows like on CW. CW's in bad shape right now. I think a lot of Hollywood's CW in bad shape. CW 11 or whatever it is, wherever you are, city-wise, state-wise, CW's in bad shape because mm-hmm. they went the route of superheroes. And I'll tell you this. Arrow was out before Daredevil, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And they made Arrow super dark for TV. But like, the Flash was not bad. Flash I was, saw the first Flash, few seasons Flash of Flash was not bad either. And you started seeing what you kind of, like you kind of leaned into a little bit on later episodes, you know, and, and it, it started getting where I, I turned off Arrow and I watched mm-hmm. it religiously. Arrow came out when I was in my own apartment living by myself. And I would, that would like, in the house watching that. Arrow, Flash, to a certain season, just like shit the bed and they tried black lightning i watched black lightning and then like season two it just got to a point where i'm like oof like yeah. you know it's mm, supergirl or superwoman um what else came out and now could it be that they're using our generation to get the viewership oh absolutely and then changing direction yeah like a course correction for a younger generation because now they don't care about appealing to us anymore well they got the viewership Solely, I think this is more geared toward a millennial. I don't know what's underneath that, but those generations that grew up with this, because the younger kids are more entertained with YouTube, with you know social, with TikTok, they're more on that. I'll talk to. It's so funny. Like when I grew up, a lot of people wanted to be an actor. Now they all want to be influencers, and that's a generational change switch. So they're not gearing these more toward the youth, like Velma. Who is that for? It's more for an older audience, or. uh, like these new Star Wars things that are coming out, they're for the people who saw these things already in their mid-30s and have disposable income now because you're married, you have kids of your own, but you still have a sense of what you remember as a child growing up with, like Jurassic World and all these other things that are coming like out. Like give now. me the nostalgia, give me the morals, yeah. give me the values that I'm used to. I think Not John- even values, but, all, but like we're going to take your hero and tear him down, like I said earlier, but you're going to be the one who's going to pay for this yeah, too. Because you can show us different values. We don't care yeah, just, yeah but, like, but, but tearing tearing down a character is huge yeah. that's why i like john flavron all the, the guy who made uh mandalorian if i'm saying his name the right oh, way oh john favreau yeah john favreau yeah um first of all he was great as danny bateman in replacements and i didn't know he did writing <laughs> and stuff like that and yeah, he, he wrote i not even write he, iron man i think he directed he iron di- man. he direct he's i didn't even know he was into marvel like that and um you did so you like the mandalorian i i loved the, the last season because was some a, people will argue that uh 
he's a better movie writer than he is a TV writer. There's things in that series. The first, the first two seasons of Mandalorian were like amazing, and Boba Fett became Mandalorian season two point oh, I guess. But he he did he saved Star Wars because remember Mandalorian came right out after after the trilogy, and he yeah. put or was it Baby Yoda? Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. Well, he put Star Wars on his back and carried them, you know, out of out of like he resuscitated them. He literally gave Star Wars CPR, my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, he didn't push what we what we saw in the trilogy. Out of the trilogy of Star Wars, the first one was actually a really good movie. The I, uh, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. See, I, thought I didn't that think was, I didn't uh... I didn't like what they did with Solo because if you follow the books. Solo doesn't die. But the biggest mistake they've made was, was with John Boyega. Was not only that, but you had Harrison Ford coming back, uh, Carrie Fisher, who was alive at that point. Yeah. And Mark Hamill, all alive. Not one scene with all of them in the same scene. They fucked not up. One. They dropped the ball. I thought that's what it was going to lead into in the second and third movie because we knew it was going to be another trilogy. But but what they when they killed Solo and his own son killed him like that's not how it went in the book and I was like what is going on here now Han Solo's out you know and and you don't get to see like you saw in Ghostbusters sorry mm-hmm. to reference it again but you saw all of them even though Harold Ramis was dead you at one point you saw all of them together again. yeah like yeah. that was great you gave us what we wanted Star Wars the last three movies didn't do that they're making they're making a course correction for a different audience. Yeah, is I think fair? this is their attempt at creativity, but it's failing because I think they're lazy. You know, it's like some of these writers are lazy. They'll just like there's scenes in there where like they'll just be like, "Oh, I have like, we have a shield and we'll get through it." Like that's the answer. That's your plot device. You know, like it's it's lazy writing. In the second or third movie, there was some kind of knife that they were trying to incorporate into mm-hmm. the movie. I don't remember. Like they found this. She found a, a, a dagger, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, what's where's this going? They had no fucking. See what I mean, it had nothing yeah. to do. With, like it just, they found the dagger, and then like they did some stuff, and it, and then they got into another plot, and it had nothing to do yeah. with anything. I'm like, what the yeah. fuck was the point of the dagger? So, so like, they're kind of. This is a perfect storm for the death of Hollywood, or the death of the movie industry, because you have an agenda that you're not willing to budge on and preach to people. You have this new media, and now you're going to go on strike knowing full well that what you're writing is not comparable to what's been out in back in like, let's say 2008, nine. So you're going to go on strike in a time of heavy inflation where people are watching their pennies and nickels, the common everyday person. And you choose that time to go on strike. Good luck getting people back into the theaters because this is not going to hurt right now, but pencils down. It was like two months ago. This is going to hurt 24, 25. Those movies are going to be at a standstill. They already canceled so many projects. I could tell you what's really going to hurt 2024, but I like my podcast too Yeah, much yeah, yeah. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> but like, you're going to see like not a lot of movies coming out during 24 and 25 because of this time now. What's going to happen with inflation then? Are people going to say like, oh, we, I got to pay for gas. I got to pay for my kid's school. We can't watch the movie this week. Sorry. Yeah. And they, they want to do like price hikes for certain seating. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to sit in the middle, they yeah. want it the to be. Two, the two tickets I bought for tomorrow's Flash movie, mm. I did it in uh, 
4DX or whatever it is, IMAX 4DX. Yep. I don't know what what the fuck it is. That's like a experience where you hear it and the seat vibrates. Oh, like so that. Yeah. I didn't even know what I bought. I was like, I want to see yeah. it in the best thing because it's mm -hmm. Michael Keaton. He's in it. You know, whatever. Nostalgia bait. Yeah, dude. I, I, listen, I'm all about <laughs> nostalgia. I wish I can go back to the 90s and relive it with the knowledge Me, I know you now. Yeah, you yeah. Know, everybody <laughs> says that, but it's never going to happen. Yeah. So we're on a one course, first class ticket to fucking our demise and that's it. But <laughs> It cost $60 for two tickets. Wow, really? Yes. Wow. $60 for two tickets. I, I, I bought the I, ticket for my boy. I was like, yo, Buffalo Wild Wings is on you tomorrow. Bro. <laughs> That's how you could repay me back for the ticket. I didn't but even I was know like, it was that much. shit. Wow. For, for, for the the experience of my ass vibrating? Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah exactly. Like, come on, dude. Because I usually go to the standard view. I don't even do like the RPX, you know, like nah, the, the IMAX. I can't I do the standard no more because you could literally tell the difference. But mm -hmm. like, it shouldn't be that much more money. Where you like, you know, like $55 is like. That's without uh, like, you know, popcorn and soda and all that. Well, I don't really. But even if you did, like, like you take your kids, let's yeah. say to Super Mario Brothers, and you went to that, that's sixty. You know how I like beat? One. You know how I beat that? I bought, put it in I, the bag. Renting Mario Brothers was twenty dollars, mm -hmm. and buying it was twenty eight dollars. So my, so my lady well, was like, just thing. buy it because renting it for eight dollars more, you can just buy the movie. Yeah. And I got a bag of popcorn that I got at Aldi's, yeah, which yeah. is the same as every other whatever brands are out there, Orville Rettenbacher or whatever it is. And we sat in the bedroom and we watched Super Mario's. That's another thing. It's become such an expensive thing to go to the movies now that people are like, all right, we'll just watch it at home. You know, more yeah. things are happening at home because of technology as opposed to going out. And COVID baited us that way. Yeah. Set yeah. It accelerated up, what was already happening. I had to mention COVID again. Mm -hmm. I know people, but it just. Notice the price of TVs went down during COVID. Yeah. Yeah. People were just buying them yeah. like left and right. If you, I mean, people had free money as well. So if I had to helped. guess, like movie houses are going to become more of like a vintage type of thing where like you'll go see a movie, but they're going to become more independent art and they're going to be more local. You won't see any AMCs anymore. You won't see like uh, Regal Cinemas. You'll see more independent chains carrying more local art as opposed to national ones. Everything national will probably be on a TV. Through Amazon. It makes sense. Yeah. And the media is changing. Like, yeah. Right, the other day, I keep, I don't know why, maybe I clicked on one, but I'm getting these projectors that are coming up, like projects 300 inches, 200 inches mm -hmm. at mm -hmm. 1080p or 4K. And then it's, that's probably where it's going is that people are going to have these giant screens in their home. You have your own movie theater in your house. Yeah. Why go to a theater? You know? One of my uh, wife's friends, her, um, her best friend's uh, mother and father just moved. And um, they do well. And within the house, I believe, they got a, a nice pool and a movie theater mm. in the house. You know, as great as that sounds, this is going to be another problem in terms of the cohesiveness of Americans. That's a communal experience going to a theater. So when you all laugh together, you all gasp together, you all you cry together, that's going to be gone. You're only going to do it between your immediate family. It also builds your character as a nation. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like you see a movie like Top Gun and you walk you out of there. You talk about it together down the line. Yeah. In the future, you meet somebody new. You're like, oh, remember when that came out in exactly. the movies? And, and you both had that same experience, even if yeah. it was on different ends of, of the country. Yeah. Like you know? you're walking out of the theater, you kind of like, you're walking with Americans. See, after seeing a movie like Top Gun, we're like, wow, that was crazy what just happened in like Star Wars with Yoda like, Wielding like the, the lightsaber, the lightsaber. and everyone the, yeah. lost it in the theater. Yeah, I remember I, seeing that's going to be know, gone, gonna but be that's gone. sad. That's yeah. very sad. I have a memory of that when uh, when I was in high school, St. Raymond's, and um, we had a half a day, and me and my friend uh, Mike, the Lunar, the Roman Empire was in Star Wars. That guy. <laughs> we went to um, we went in Parkchester after school, half a day, 
and we went to go see, I think it was episode two, which mm. was like the first time Yoda was going to use a lightsaber, whatever it was. And um, we didn't know that half the other class was coming with us. So we all fucking walked. We, we, where are you going? You said, we go to see Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. We walked in there, you know, ended up being like 20 deep. And the reaction when Yoda like took out the lightsaber. Everyone lost it. Dude, we lost it. And then we, we just walked out of there and people that we didn't speak to in high school mm-hmm, at that time, mm-hmm. I think it was like sophomore year. We became fucking friends yeah. from the experience yeah. in that movie it's that communal of experience. Yoda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, and you're right. We're losing it. We're, we're losing that everywhere. And everywhere. do we lose the art of acting to a degree? Like mm-hmm. if we lose if we lose the theater? And I think we're eventually... Like you think so? The theater too? It, it, I, Broadway's not doing well right now. Well, it, Whatever they want to say, it's yeah, it's yeah. not what's, what's translating. It's not what... I mean, just look at the shows that are closing. Yeah. Like left yeah. and right. Part of the problem with Broadway too is Amy keeps telling me, we got to go down to Manhattan. We got to go to Arthur Avenue. I'm like, you don't know what's down there now mm. it's just getting mm. there is a is a is a flight hazard it's crime it's every, that's another yeah parking paying for parking the crime is up i don't want to i don't care what people are, are posting these these media outlets saying the crime is down in new york city no, you're batshit no, crazy not. it's bro. bad you're you batshit crazy you know how you lie about that but you can say crime is down between the blocks of 85th and 89th on a tuesday on tuesdays between the hours of two and five how specific there, there's a book can be. lying with statistics. Yes, what I mean. And, so you could say yes, it is down, but they're they're leaving out the part yeah. that says that. So I know? tell her that I'm like I don't want to go to Broadway. I don't mm-hmm. want to go down to Broadway. I don't want to go to Arthur Avenue because you don't understand how bad it got. And she's one of those like ah, you gotta live, you gotta live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to live. Yeah. I want my daughter to not experience something happening in front of her, or you know, or me going. And I say it all the time. I will say. It, if God forbid something happens to my family going into these areas that, you know, because of the of the entertainment value that's within these areas that are not really good anymore, mm-hmm. I don't want to become a Frank Castle because I will. Yeah. And people think I'm crazy when I say that. Like, I don't want to jeopardize something happening. So when she goes, oh, we got to go to Broadway. We got to show her. We got to do this. We got to do that. I don't want to. You know, it's well, funny. The, when the time is right and when crime is truly down, and which or I, she's knows older what? to comprehend daddy and mommy saying, don't do this, don't go there, freeze, mm-hmm. this, yeah. that. And it's fucked up we have to say it, but that plays a big factor into what we're talking about too, unfortunately. It's funny you say that about Frank Castle because you know the Punisher logo? I heard, don't even, don't, <laughs> don't even talk about it. I it. Don't even, don't yeah. even do it because okay. it's not even out yet. I heard about it. You're going to get me going when I don't want to get going. Did they change the Punisher logo? I don't know. Stop. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> don't do it keep talking bro leave that touch. okay touchy okay me, okay yeah, i don't yeah. want to get good but that's the reason rant, why they're doing canceled. that you know I, that right i know okay but let's not go there man because yeah, yeah. I, I, I read again, it i read it i read yeah. the comic that came out how he died mm-hmm. how the fuck he died with some crazy shit <laughs> it's it, it, that whole punisher logo thing is all bullshit they're gonna, really, <laughs> they're gonna make john bertinell's character and they're gonna put him in a tutu and i'm gonna lose my shit i'm gonna cancel disney plus that's how it's gonna rock. Yeah, fair enough. I think that's what's happening though. A lot of people are getting rid of the really pricey subscription. Disney oh, Plus is not cheap. I think I, I spent like 150 bucks for the I year have, or something. I, like I, 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 I have it for like the Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. I, genuinely. And now the Indiana Jones stuff just came out. Like they, they're airing yep, the, yep. Uh, the show, the Young Indiana Jones TV. Series. I'll be honest. The only reason why I keep it right now, nothing, nothing has come on it lately that's been worthy of watching. I don't really watch it anymore. I just have it so that my daughter Ashoka. can watch the little, yeah. little uh, things like she that. Likes the songs. Yeah. So yeah. is coming out, uh Soka, and I'm gonna watch that. I'm pay- I'm paying a fortune for for Star Wars stuff. And I'll be very I'll be very honest with you. And um 
it, it, it's just it's 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 crazy. And the Young Indiana Jones series, which I was out when I was a kid, I didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an episode on there where Harrison Ford cameoed as an older version really? of himself. Yeah, oh wow! I, and I gotta catch that episode. He's all in. Uh, he has a beard because he was doing a role in some other movie, and I, I gotta watch that. Like for those purposes, I have it. It's super expensive. But what they're doing to certain characters, like not only that, I, 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 I it's unfathomable. And and like, I have friends that are like really like liberal. You know, there's no sugarcoating, and they're like, no, they're doing it for this reason. Like, you are going to change the logo. You're going to. He fights with swords now, not guns. Stop. What? How the fuck does a marine know how to fight with katanas <laughs> out of nowhere? Like, they explain that yeah. to me, man. Like, you're just the Netflix Punisher and Daredevil. That would, I, great. I can I, I can great. tell you right yeah. now. Disney will never get on their level. They can't even spit in their direction. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Now. <laughs> but there is, hold on, before you finish, uh, they're not only changing characters, but they're going back and they're censoring things that already came out. So, like, I don't think you can find an ex-president in one of the Home Alone movies anymore. Like, they took him out, I think, in, in the Canadian version of something, of, like, Disney+. Plus. Which is, oh, wow. which is wild, dude. Yeah. I mean, like... That's something that I'm I'm I tread carefully on. Yeah, know? that's why I didn't say. I that, tread you know, carefully like, on that, but that. that is wild because yeah. if you just watch the news mm-hmm. and dig a little deeper, things about that ex president, there's presidents now that are doing yeah. same fucking thing. Correct. And that's why that we talked about Joey and I about the whole UFO stuff that popped up out of nowhere to 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 use as a distraction and stuff like that. And and it's crazy because you brought up some points that I didn't realize how much Hollywood is actually. Um, you know, in in coming in to work in conjunction with with stuff that Joey and I have talked about on previous episodes, this is wild stuff. Like, it really does. It, you know, there are organizations on a governmental level that have their hands in Hollywood in everything. Yeah, especially Hollywood, because if you think about it, that's your biggest mouthpiece toward the youth, right? So, perfect example is conspiracy theory uh Ooh, i love conspiracies not even like well, i mean it was talked about but there's a book by leslie keen do you know who she is no. she's a new york times writer but she was the one who wrote the article that came out in 2017 about the black ops black black fund for the ufo program the first article that came out that was carried by a publication like the new york times she wrote that she also wrote a book mm. i read her book the cia would go to Hollywood and kind of like program the public through Hollywood to have them put out things where anytime you mention UFO, you will get laughed at. You know, like it's so crazy that you wouldn't even think of it. You just laugh at it. They 100% certainly did that. So now with the men in black, that's what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. you would, you'll, you'll kind of, you'll, they went to them and said, this is what you're going to do. You're going to make it. So anytime anyone Rings up the idea of a UFO, you will laugh at it and ridicule it and, and demonize Not even demonize it, but think about it as more comical than anything. That was product of the government infiltration of Hollywood. What else have they done since then? You know what I mean? So, like, what are they telling Hollywood to do? Is it this Marxist agenda too? You know, like, this is how you, 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 you kind of do it through these factions and then you put it, you go to Hollywood and do that. You know, like, uh, you have, um, these these new these new posters coming out. Lost my train of thought. <sighs> yeah, but I there's a, a sentiment in, in Hollywood that is being guided by an overseeing hand. Sometimes I don't know if that's all the time. I don't know if that's 
80 percent of the time in everything that we watch that is conjunction with a laptop a tv screen a movie screen everything we watch is basically controlled by a bigger power i'm a firm believer in that Mm -hmm. because look look what the media did for example during covid yeah look what it did look what the news did look what actors did right actors actually actors would go and promote Stay inside mm-hmm. as they were sitting behind screw their your fu- freedom. Yeah, screw Schwarzenegger. Recent, <laughs> Schwarzenegger just apologized for what he said. Did he really? Yeah, you know, we don't care about your freedom. Like, and he just apologized for it. I think he's trying to do some political shit because he just made a comment about people would vote for me in twenty twenty four. No, the fuck, I would not. But you see how out of touch they are with the common yeah. everyday and person. And they would, they were, they were vouching for the whole the, everything that was going on with COVID. They were vouching as they would literally yeah. would film, stay inside behind their fucking their in ground pool. And and their workout rooms because gyms were closed. And they're in the they're in the gym. The Rock was like, "Yeah, stay inside." <laughs> I just got done doing my whole chest workout. Swear to God, bro, if he becomes president, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, I, I'm I'm that's I'm yeah out. because it's become a popularity contest. Yeah. It's not really based on a, on what your agenda is. It's yeah, more it, like it's, are it's, you likable? Wild stuff. Moral of the story is there is a hand, a bigger hand that people like. There are people out there that refuse to think. That there are, are bigger powers at play. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if you've watched the news in the last few weeks, there is something going on. And, and that big hand is having a hard time with certain things like controlling. Yeah. And that's why like the UFO and alien thing, um, this whistleblower, I believe him. We're going to get into that next week. I believe this. I believe something's there. Okay. And my friend got kind of like um, brainwashed into believing at one point that the government was just using... You know, high tech technology. There was no such thing as aliens and UFOs at all. It was just our stuff until that video came out in in in, in Vegas and Nevada with that UFO sighting and everything, which is kind of still on the controversial side. But they have a a, a hand in everything that we believe in and and what the media is pushing out. And it's they're big. Bo- they're they're, yeah. they're the big guy. You, you know, know. You know, like I heard somebody say this, but you know what their true power is. They neither confirm nor deny. That's why they may, they're the best in the world. Our our uh, government. Yeah, they neither confirm nor deny. So it, they leave it up to you whether or not you they've done it or they didn't. That's, I, yeah, I've that's, watched, that's I've watched the power of them. I've watched the some senator, um, Holy, I believe his name is, or or some some dude, and he um, questions these people at these 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 congressional hearings or these these court things, and exactly what you said. They never can confirm or deny. They are not answering the question. Mm-hmm. And when you think they are answering the question, it goes back to like, it's, it's dodgy. It's very dodgy. Yeah. And there's no, no concrete answers. Um, like, to get into the next topic, because I don't want to go down the conspiratorial <laughs> government thing. We just did an episode about that. Um, the, there's, there's a darkness to Hollywood in, in the monologue I mentioned. There's a darkness to Hollywood. Um, now, you know, like, there was a lot of racism in the early years of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, there was no favoritism or or hiring of people that were different whether it was lgbtq or or if you were african-american um obviously it's changed a lot now um can you talk about some of the darkness in hollywood that because people when average people that don't know much about the history of hollywood obviously you looked into it right people when they they hear hollywood they think of the movies and and actors like he yeah he filmed and like everything is Everything's not good. Everything wasn't good in Hollywood. Hollywood's forced people to like 
do things to their own self. Marilyn Monroe, James. Oh Dean. yeah. Well, um, I mean, you could debate about Marilyn Monroe whether or not that was done to her because her affair with the president mm, during the time. Conspiracies, man. I love it. Yeah, I mean that that was a, that was a, something going around that the Secret Service killed her because she knew too much. He would talk to her JFK about certain things, and we can't have her running around. Well, they took care of JFK too. Yeah. Yeah, and what did she know? And RFK, yeah. if you watched the Joe Rogan podcast recently, oh yeah, I did. Fucking mind blowing yeah. what he was saying. Yeah, like I don't even know if this guy gets to like the the debates for the the Democratic nominee. I don't know if he'll. Uh, I'll vote for him too, bro. Absolutely. But I'll tell you right now, if he makes it, because yeah. he's saying some stuff that yeah, that they might that they bigger might. that bigger hand probably don't like. They're they like, oh, how do, do I censor it. Joe Rogan? He was on there. Like Joe Rogan knew the fuck what he was doing, man. Oh yeah, oh, he knew what he was. doing. He even said that too when he was talking about the other podcasts that were taken down. He's like, what were you talking about? Like, he was almost daring somebody to take his podcast down. They went after him numerous. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised I'm still standing. I might have to start from scratch eventually. I might have to, you know, and at some point, someone, this is going to pick up to. lose that blue check mark. Yeah, someone, someone, <laughs> someone. He calls me up last week. He's like, bro, I lost the blue check mark. Yeah, no, I, I like, did I that. Know, I did I still, that. I still see it. I do that media episode. I went to my Instagram page, like, what the media isn't talking about. I got home and I'm waiting outside for my wife for something because she was out late. And I look at my page and it's gone. My blue check mm. mark was gone. And this was right after I aired the episode. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Mm. And, 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 you know, like, so long to get it. But, where, <laughs> but you know what's crazy is like, and I mentioned this before, like, ever since Musk took on, took over Twitter, the freedom of speech thing has, has, uh, has picked up in, in, you know, like, it's not being tampered with as much because he revealed so much mm-hmm. that Jack, Jack Dorsey did. Now, granted, Instagram is still ran by Facebook and, and whatever his name is. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, yeah. And, but like YouTube, it still has restraints and, and Facebook and Instagram still has restraints. But for the most part, the podcasting outlets is, is, is pretty well. I was on a podcast as a guest with my friend, Fran, uh, my friend Francisco had a, uh, a podcast and it was, um, in the, in the midst of 2016 into 2017. And it was like the all American podcast or something like that. And I was on it as a guest. And, um, one day I went to go click for an episode to listen to his most recent episode. And I genuinely enjoyed it and it was gone. And I asked him, what happened? Wow. He was like, Apple just took me off. Wow. I don't know why. And it wasn't even that bad. It was just talking, and it was just gone. So, like, that's, like, one of my biggest fears. Like, I've worked really hard on this. Yeah. So, you see, like, even that it's decentralized, it's easy to get your message out, but it's also easy to get it deleted as well. Well, that's why I'm very, I, I tread carefully. Mm-hmm. I do tread carefully. I make announcements. I'm not on any side. I'm a registered independent. I just state facts that are on the news and literally on there. Like, if you type in stuff about both presidents... One will come up made every page. The other one you might have to search a couple you know, of it and there's minimal minimal stories, but it's there. So what I'm saying is not unfactual. It is yeah. factual. Yeah. You know? But there's a dark history to Hollywood and I don't know if you wanted to touch on to that, which will lead me into like the whole ghost thing, which I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't ask you about this, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll just ask you now because we're on the Where are your, your thoughts? Because this is technically a paranormal podcast. What are your thoughts on like paranormal? Well, I'm a Christian. So I, I believe in an afterlife. And there are things that we you know we can't explain that do happen here. You know, I, I've I've seen things in my own house where I can't explain Every, everybody it. Everybody has a ghost story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Said it so many times on the Everyone podcast. does. Everyone, has Everyone does. Now whether whether or not it was my own mind playing tricks with me or this really happened, I don't know. Tell. Do tell. I'm curious. Okay. Okay, well I'll, I'll tell you about one. Or, or I could tell you about two. Um so I, I used to have this golden retriever and summertime would get hot and i had the air conditioner in my room i would keep the air conditioner on and have him sleep in my room cool off you know sleep on the floor 
And one night I was just laying there and I'm looking at him and he's following something with his eyes. He's doing this, circling his head around and looking at something on the ceiling and his head just stops, dead stops. And he's looking at this one particular spot across my room and he drops his head in an aggressive tone and he starts growling at this one side of the room. Now, for me at that stage, I was like, all right, well, ignorance is bliss. Get out. So I sent him out. I was like, I don't care what's there. Just get out. Right? So my uncle came from Italy for my other uncle's funeral. I was having that room. We were having that room painted. So it was my bed and a mattress on the floor. My cousin was on my bed. And I'm on the floor with my uncle sleeping. It's like 3 in the morning. Big drink. 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> sleeping. Dead silent, pitch black. He starts screaming in Italian, going off. I try to wake up my cousin on my bed. His head is underneath my pillow. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I open the light, and he's going off in Italian, screaming at that same spot that this dog was growling at. What was he saying in Italian? Do you speak Italian? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. I leave. I go get my mother and my father. I'm like, you got to come inside. Juan's like lost, losing his mind. They calm him down. I was like, Mom, what, what was he saying? He saw his mother and he was saying, please don't take me. To the day, like he died six months later. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So I, again, that's that same spot that we saw, that, that this dog saw, he saw. And every so often in that room, I would feel like somebody touching me, you know, mm. like rubbing my cheek. What's the significance of that room? Well, you know, it's, it's, that house was built in the 30s. My grandfather bought it in the 60s, and we lived there ever since. My grandfather died in that house. Mm. Uh, my grandmother was, was died in that house. Um, I don't know. I, my, I've, I've spoken to a medium before, and she, she told me, like, that's your family. Like, they're there, and like, I you're... Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy yeah, the I, medium I, I thing. Yeah, I take it with a great assault, too. And the Christian thing, I'm surprised but, you actually went to the medium. I'm not trying to be bitter. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. actually surprised as that a Christian. Was, that was bought for me, the first mm. one, and then I kept going back, just because I... I there's something she told me that I don't think anybody would have known. I'll tell you off air. But uh, there's no way she could have known that one thing. You didn't give her any information? Nothing. Nothing. See, that's what's... That's what's I don't buy into the medium thing. I'm personally... Uh, I, I've been meaning to go to one since I did an episode like during season two mm -hmm. about mediums and psychics. Um. I think the Long Island medium was a crock of shit. I think <laughs> My it cousin knows. It was a television <laughs> show. I think John Edwards was a crock of shit. Yeah, he was. He was. Um, I, I, some yes. of the stuff on you, but again, you're, 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 you're the, the audience is there and you don't know who was hand selected, who was an actor. See, there. like he, he was a liar, but like I said earlier, you don't know whether or not it's you or this is actually happening. You know, like, is it your mind playing tricks on you? I feel for mediums, if God is moving through the trees like the wind, he's going to move through souls like the wind. Like she may not have that gift, but whatever she said to me was something that moved through her in that same time where I needed to hear something. You know see, what I mean? See, in the recent years, and talking to my friend Charlie, which I mentioned him a lot on this, on this right? And I mentioned my friend Charlie a lot. You know what I think about mediums? Real, real quick. It's, I feel like the more the human evolves the higher brain capacity we have Maybe. is telepathy. Could that be a real thing that's, that's slowly starting to happen in a mass group of people? I don't Maybe they say that, you know, like these aliens that people get abducted by, they speak telepathic. They speak telepathic. Mm -hmm. It's a very good theory, you know, so I'm on board with that. 
As far as just me, to give a scientific point, of view. yeah, because Joey's yeah. not on just board to, with just the. Just to stay away from the paranormal. Joey's not on <laughs> something scientific. It could you know? be. Joey's it not really be. on board with the ghost stuff okay. as, as much as I am. I'm on board with it. Uh, you know, I, I've researched I it. Got some ghost stories. Well, I'll tell you another one that happened in that room. Um, but let me let me just before you get into that story. Um, mediums, it, it's you're you're treading on a on a on a dangerous line with them mm-hmm. because in the Bible. And I've said this on other episodes. I be almost sorcerers I, and magicians. I almost became yeah. a, a priest. So Did I, you really? I, I, yeah, this is a true story. I almost asked my family. Um, I was very close to becoming a priest, and I had this 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 change. I was serving mass every Sunday. Sometimes I'd serve two or three masses because they needed people. I could recite Bible lines. I was very very holy, and something just changed in me. And I didn't go to that course. And maybe I'm paying for it now with some of the things that that happened in my life. I don't know, but I do know that in the Bible. It says, thou should not idolize false gods, mm-hmm. right? It's like the first commandment. And I feel mediums, for them to, and there's so many of them, you know, like yeah. some of them are full of shit. Some of them Absolutely. are legit. Like they told you something that no one else would know, right? Absolutely. And I've heard stories yeah. like that. Like, how the fuck did you know that? And I feel that in the Bible, it says like God banished the the, the devil and his, his followers. Banished them. Didn't say hell. There's like no mentions of it just banished them. And in reality, they're up there and heaven's going to come to earth. That's the end game, right? Heaven will be on earth at one point after the rapture and all that stuff. So what's what ghost hunters potentially see or what ghosts may be is a demon really playing with you. They're going to they're gonna say, yeah, I'm your grandma, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm your grandma. And they know everything about you. They will trick you. They will play games with you. And the more you feed into it, that's when you hear these haunting stories. They get more violent. They get more, you know, the, the the activity picks up. It goes from nice to things moving and answering questions to things. Now you're getting three scratch marks at three in the morning. You're 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 feeling sick. You're scared. Your dog's bugging out. You know what I'm saying? And you want me to do an overnight? <laughs> so let me so let me ask you a question. If you think that demons exist, you don't think that God would send angels to help here? Like if this is the battleground for heaven and hell. He gave he gave free reign to the to the Satan and his minions to to, to be gone. Like they're they're gone. The angels the angels like te- a guardian angel. The guardian you know I mean? angel like, is like you ever hear like, you know, like my guardian angel is watching out for him. I hear there's these voices, there's there's these these alerts that you get. Like like I feel like if you're very, you're very religious and you, you go, you keep holy the Sabbath. Day. I won't even say necessarily go to church because there's nothing in there that says go to a building where he is there in the tabernacle where his presence is. It says keep holy the Sabbath, you know, acknowledging God and and believing in him and especially doing it on Sunday is more is more of an obtainable idea to what he meant as than going to church because church I don't agree with. I lost my faith in in going to church, not the faith. I lost my faith in going to church when I went with my wife one day and she had a lot of complications with during pregnancy. So I was scared shitless. Something was going to happen to her. Something was going to happen to my, my daughter. God, thank God it didn't. I was, I was like, I needed to, to, to go to church and, and like make myself not have this anxiety. And during the church, you know, at the end of the church, they asked for, you know, the donations. donations. Yeah. It didn't happen at the end, towards the end of the mass. They stopped the mass at the beginning. At the beginning, this church I went to, like, and and asked for a donation at the beginning. Like, the service just began. 
like they had already got into it and said the prayer, said, you know, the gospel and everything, and then just stopped the mass and was like, we're going to do a donation for this, this, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I'm in mass right now. This is not the time to do it during the beginning of the mass. So I feel like church has become this, this, this evil, this greed. And it's, yeah. and, you know, I just don't, so? yeah, it's, I'm reading it that way. That's funny because I started going to church again about six months It depends ago. on the parish. You know what I mean? Yeah. It depends yeah. on the parish. I was at this particular church. It's in Throgs now. And, and, and I was just taken back by that. It's the same thing on Easter. I, I, I went to this, I go to the same church, so I know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I just think that like. Okay. Well, it's different parishes, but I think in, uh, in, in, uh, where we are with Christianity right now, it's declining. So there's, there's less Christians being born and more Christians dying. So I think they see that as a sign of the end of the faith completely. So what you have to do if you were in their position is you kind of want to... They just asked for a donation. It's funny. They, they just asked for a donation this week for the pro, propagation of the faith. Propagation of the faith is expanding the faith, and he read off some numbers during his homily about the decline of the religion. And if this keeps up, there will be no Christianity, you know. And it's not just sad, but the Ten Commandments are something similar to what they incorporated into the Constitution. So if you have people not believing anymore Judeo-Christian morality, where does that leave us in terms of what you're going to see in society? If nobody believes, see, I, it's not that I, I stop believing in Christianity. I'm mm -hmm, a Catholic, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know. There is a little fine line of Christianity and, and, and Catholicism. There's like this slight differences, right? Yeah, but, I say Christian, but I'm, I'm a Catholic. I, yeah, I just say that because I Christians, you're not allowed to to wear Jesus on the cross, and, mm -hmm. and there's there's different things in the Bible, and they follow more or less of the King James Bible, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm not saying that I'm not following, you know, the religion. I'm I believe. Definitely something happened that there's, you look at the world, you just go on a hike, you look at the stars and it's just like, there's something, a bigger power. There's no big bang that did all this. Something, a bigger being made all this stuff, you know? And I just feel like church is, is, is not what I grew up in Catholic school. It's, it's become, you know, something different. And I just, that's why I don't really go to church on Sundays. Now, however, my daughter's a cat, you know, is going to a Catholic school next year and she's going to be making her communion and she's going to be doing all that. And I want her to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, me and Amy combat each other. Like we have to go to church on Sundays and we have to, and I say to them, I'm like, listen, I was there. I was, you know, I was almost wearing the white collar and, and the black suit, but I can tell you stuff from the Bible and people that are religious and combine it and make you form your own opinion. Um, to be honest with you, she was in CCD the past year. And in CCD, they're asking for money to do something that John the Baptist did to Jesus himself and to people free of charge. You want to be Christian? You want to be Catholic? Take away your original sin and be baptized. You got to pay for baptism. You got to pay for confirmation. You got to pay for your wedding. You got to pay for death. It's not what the the with Yahweh or Jesus, you know, it's not what he preached. So it's, it's to me, in my opinion, the way I look at things is things have been changed to again, this narrative has been changed to like a narrative. We're gonna take another momentary pause and we'll continue. And we're back. We got into a little religious talk and talking about like the faith and going to church and everything. But I wanted to get on track with the, the medium thing before we end that and, and get to the actually the paranormal aspect of Hollywood. You know, um, 
when you were talking about medium experience, and I want to hear that second story, but I just want to finish the whole medium thing. I, I honestly think mediums could be maybe uh, a modern prophet. You know, prophets, what they do? Prophets gave the word that was given to them through visions, through signs, and, and spoke the word of God in biblical times, right? Yeah, yeah, like visions. I would say that in that moment, if you have to hear something, God can use you like a puppet on a string. Maybe they were used through him, through him to say what I needed to hear at that moment. Right. Yeah. I, I, I can buy into that. But there's also that demonic aspect. And mm -hmm. demons know a lot about you. Matter of fact, we're on, the, we're on the topic of movies, right? What movie got really bad scores recently, right? What movie got really bad scores by Rotten Tomato and got a 98.% audience? She Nefarious? Yes, it? I've seen that. Yes. I watched it. I love that movie. It's I thought that movie. movie was fucking phenomenal. You Even saw though it, it was huh? it was a it was a science fiction movie, right? But very unique, very unique movie. Yeah. And I know why Rotten Tomato gave it. You know, because there's literally there is you, people may disagree with me or agree with me, but there's a, a war on Christianity, right? Absolutely. And in that movie, they brought up points that what we're what we're living through now. The media doesn't want to hear that, right? Mm -hmm. However, I want to get into that those points because again, I like my podcast and not being canceled. <laughs> but in that movie, what did the demon do, right, to him, to that, to that doctor? He told him all about his life. All about his yeah. life. How did that demon know that? How did he yeah. know that that he he, said his wife was get, getting an abortion, right? Yeah. How did he? He said, "You're going to kill three people, right? You're going to kill three people before before." And is the baby? Um, the second one, I forgot who the second one was. The second person that he murdered, his uh, mother. His mother, that's yeah. right. He, he killed his mother. That was mm -hmm. the first one. Yeah, that was the first one. This baby was the second one. He euthanasia, right? And it was his mother mm -hmm. um, and inherited her money. And he yeah. knew all this stuff. Yeah. And then the third one was and ultimately killing the body, the carrier. The demon was in this, this guy and ended up killing him via the electric chair, which he actually said, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to. He's gonna have to do it twice. They're gonna have to pull the, the electricity yeah. twice, and they did. And that movie, and then it ended up going into him. He entertained it. He, the demon, knew things that he shouldn't know, and that's very notoriously no notorious stories throughout documented cases of real exorcisms and documented cases in the Bible. There was like about four or five demonic possessions, I think, in the Bible. Yeah, Jesus casts out a demon and sends them into the pigs. And, and the off. pigs all went into yeah. the water. And which then Mary the, Magdalene, she was possessed by a demon. Seven, yep. seven demons, I think it was. Yeah, it was it just, and I think that was during her, because she, what did she do, Mary Magdalene? Why she was possessed? Yeah, the, the, she prostitute. Prostitute. Yeah. She was just openly using her bodies yeah. for all these, and it just became like a, a, an empty vessel. She was so, un, you know, long story short, because we're touching into real paranormal stuff right now, and but biblical stuff. I, I think mediums is something that you have to really tread carefully Absolutely. with, especially if you're a, a really profound practicing Catholic or yeah. Christian. A lot of what she told me, I was like, you're bullshitting me. But for that one thing she told me, I was like, there's no way you could have known that because I didn't did tell Did she use a process it. of elimination no, that could have led to that? Because you know mediums do that, right? I could sit here right now and I could say, um, I'm getting uh, a word... Right no, no, now, she didn't do any of that. A color, and it's coming out, like the color <laughs> yeah. red. You know, yeah, I, I saw that South Park episode. I was like, that, that was like, because I, yeah. I went in there with that, but she told me something that I was like, you, there's no way you could have known that, you know, because I, I made sure she told me something I did, right? And there's no way that any, nobody was in the room with me when I did it. And there's no way she could have known any of your family or friends. No. 
You know, because you could Facebook fucking find anyone and do research. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. But there's, I didn't tell anybody I did this. There's a very personal thing that I did for a loved one that passed away. And I, I was in the room alone when I did it. So for her to repeat it back to me and say what she told me threw me off because there's no way you could have known that because I didn't even tell anybody about See, it. Well, someone told her about it. But someone who was in the now, room. Now, that's what I mean knew. about like the wind through the trees. Is that God moving through the wind through the trees, one or me or you, I'm going to make you say this. See, I'm, a, I'm afraid almost to go to a medium. And, I, and I've been saying I wanted to go to one. I just can't find one that, you know, the Ice House used to have mediums every mm. Wednesday night. And you heard the story about Ice House, I'm assuming. Um, so I'm trying to find a, a, a one that I, I feel is reputable, right? Yeah. And I want to go in there and I want to say, I am a paranormal investigator and I do a podcast on this stuff. And I'm curious about what mediums have to offer. So when I come in here, I will have my meter out and I want you to basically read me. I'll pay you whatever it is, but mm-hmm. you have to allow me to air my findings on my podcast, yeah. right? That's what I'm planning on doing. I haven't just haven't found one and I also haven't had the time. But I just feel you have to tread very carefully because if you're believing someone, they can you you don't know if it's God's the wind going through the trees, going through them to tell you information. Because when you die essentially, right, biblically, you rest. Mm-hmm. You know, there you don't actually go to heaven. Mm-hmm. You rest. Yeah, you yeah. are in you are in eternal sleep. You're peace, you're at peace finally. There's no more pain, whatever. But when that rapture happens, then Revelation. He, yeah, he yeah, takes everybody, he takes X amount of people. They yeah. go straight to heaven and they're up there all cozy and cool until the seven years of tribulation comes on, on earth. And then he comes and, and he squashes it and heaven's on earth. You rest. You don't go to heaven right away. So people yeah. people have this like, oh, we go to heaven when we die. No, you don't. You yeah. rest. You, yeah, don't, yeah. you cease to exist yeah. until the rapture happens. And people don't realize that the, the entities, the demonic entities, they had to go somewhere. And that's why I feel there's evil on this earth. You should feel, watch the Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen where he uh, he was exercising one of the first demons. He brought the pig into the room and he tricked the demon. You see what you saw the film? Or you he, watch- yeah, he and he blew the, okay. the pig's head that's off. That's a real guy. Yeah, that's based on real stories, but you have yeah. to tread carefully on what's real. Because remember, Emily, yeah. uh, Emily Rose was pretty actually out of all the Exorcist movies I've seen. Emily Rose was the realest to the actual story. Well, the guy except for the name, the the actual priest. Uh, Gabriel Gabriel Amorth was his name. He said the the closest that he saw to most accurate was the Exorcist that came out in the seventies. Right, because it, well, first of all, it wasn't a girl. It was a, it was a boy. It was a mm-hmm. little boy that happened. But in terms of what she was doing, what the, what what she yeah. knowing stuff, yeah, you know, trying speaking to, to, in, to, in another language, trying to make yeah. the, the the priest get mad and 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 all the stuff that the. The, the transformation in the Bible, which was happening to the Emily Rose, which the real name, if you could pull it up, Joey, the real Emily Rose. And you're name. right, because even in the film, he says the devil will use your sins against you. Right. You know? The real Emily Rose, I, I, I forgot it, what the what her name is. Cause Wasn't she speaking German? She was like speaking language. Latin, German yeah, yeah. and stuff. The real Emily, Anna, Anna Elizabeth. There's Knight. like a YouTube clip. You can hear her speak in so Latin they they classified other. her as um, that she had schizophrenia or mm. she had like split personality disorder. Whatever. But how would she know? The mother was like she didn't know German. She didn't how know did German, she, and her face German? and she was speaking. And they used the real audio in that movie, which mm-hmm. is part mm-hmm. of the reason. Like it took me a long time to get past that movie because that gives me the chills. Like talking about that, I had a hard time watching that movie. They used real audio in that movie. Yeah. And if you Google her, what she looked like prior to the possession. And to, to, to what, what she ended up looking like during it and towards the end, they accused the priests and her family of killing her from uh, malnutrition. They went to court 
And the priest ended up, I think, getting jail time for wow. it. And the priest was like, this was a legit case of demonic possession. And the judge and the court did not believe them. And they ended up getting jail time and charged the, the, the parents with you know, malnutrition. And it was partially their fault for, her, for, the, for the kid dying. So she looked like that and ended up looking like, yeah. So she looked yeah. like that prior to the possession and ended up looking like that before she died. Wow. And that's scary. And the medium thing is you don't know what real good or evil forces. Well, that was the problem with the Ouija boards too. You don't I, know I who don't fuck with about. Ouija boards, dude. <laughs> I don't fuck with Ouija boards. You are literally you're breaking a commandment. You're yeah. opening. You're being. You're being susceptible to, to you know. You're asking a false idol, mm-hmm. a board questions. Mm-hmm. Who should you really be asking the questions to? I, I've done it. I've done it too. Never has it worked ever. I don't. I like. All right. bull, so I call bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I've done it. You never. Then in the fucking movie, it's like you're never supposed to play by yourself. I played by myself. Like, nah, yeah. I'm still here. You know what I mean? I think if the, you're like the more um, no, no. I heard I heard a thing about like knocking, knocking on, on wood. knocking on wood is also a, a pagan. Yeah, let me not, yeah. Knocking you're on wood. It's out. a saying. People don't know the reason between before it was it was it's something with a. Pagans and Celtics, right? They they believe that there's spirits in the trees. There were spirits in the trees. So yeah. when they said knock on wood, it was like get the spirit get out. the spirit out so to, to eat it. Yeah. yeah. So that's so you know. But people say knock on wood. They don't know what the fuck it means. We know. <laughs> yeah. We're on a paranormal podcast. You know. <laughs> of course we know. I was gonna do it out of habit too, and I was like, yeah, you know this what? conversation. I still do it. Joey, <laughs> Joey, Joey's like this conversation tonight. This guy Dario and his dog and his <laughs> uncle looking at corners. Billy's talking about mediums. I ain't knocking on no fucking wood. I'm not throwing salt over mm-hmm. my shoulder. I ain't doing any of that shit tonight. Straight up. What I, I wanted to talk about the demons in Hollywood. Do like, you know? Can we get into that? Yes, we can. But no, no, we're gonna get into it. Do you know? Do you happen <laughs> to know um, any of some of the famous ghost stories of Hollywood? I'm not too familiar with those. I mean, I've heard of. Is the Black Dahlia one of them? Have you heard of the Black Dahlia? She's, is she one of those stories? He's, I think there was a movie on her. There was a movie. Yeah. But they, one of the more famous ones, right? First of all, you know about James Dean's car, right? Being haunted. I haven't heard of that. I believe it's James Dean. You pull that up real quick. Yeah. The, the, did he, did he, he crashed in the desert. Cra- yeah. Right. And his yeah. car was supposed to be haunted. With like, like Really? A possessed car and people buying the car was like bad news. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they made, a, they made a movie based on the car. What the hell is this movie <laughs> really? called? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And now um, I'm going to teach you some stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I Welcome I, to our realm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too familiar with the ghost stories coming out of Hollywood. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I don't really know too many. So, oh, Christine was the name of the movie. You ever see the movie Christine? It, it, they when played it, it on out? HBO when we were kids like a million oh, so times. It's been a while. Christine yeah. was this like, uh, what, what car was this? Uh, Wasn't it like a, he had a convertible like a Chevy? Oh, what car was it? It's a beautiful car. I'll, I'll show you the picture. It's a very like classic 1950s looking car. But Christine was basically like this car was possessed with a ghost and the kid that inherited the car and rebuilt it, like he like babied this car, cherished it, rebuilt it. And then there was these goons that like destroyed it in his high school. And he was, he was like distraught about it. Right. And he had a feeling that there was something else in his car that was still alive. And then he like took two steps back from the car and he was like, okay, show me. And the car miraculously goes back to what it used to look like. It rebuilt itself. And he watched it do this. So it's a pretty cheesy movie, but it's, it's like one of yeah. those like cult classics, yeah, you know? Yeah. 
So not as accurate as it was to the James Dean thing. Like they said, his car. Like, but I you know, feel like that's the premise of where the, the yeah, movie came from. Right. The, cars and roads have these this 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 lore in paranormal haunted highways, haunted streets, haunted roads. God, you want to say something? Yeah, you know, I, I thought of one. It's very interesting. Supposedly, Shakespeare's Macbeth is a play that bad things happen with because of the content. Like you have, do you know the story of Macbeth? Mm-hmm. Vaguely. So he's he's a king. Well, he's he's a general in Scotland, and he sees these three witches, and they tell him, and they're using him like 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 the demons tell him, "You will be king. Your children will be king." He's with his partner, Banquo, and Banquo's children will be king, and you'll be king, right? And they, they see this as a good omen, and he goes home and tells his wife this, and she's in his ear saying, "You should be king. You should do this," and you know, kind of tip the hand in your favor so through nefarious means and it turns out to be a bad omen because he dies and he kills him and and his children do become king but it, it see how perverted the message was mm-hmm. but because of this like i think there's something in there that was supposedly like an old gaelic witch type of incantation that if you say these words that like bad things usually happen on a set uh, uh, or, or the theater space that is doing Macbeth. Mm. I was working on uh, uh, a uh, scene from Macbeth, Home Alone, working on the scene when he talks to the witches by myself, doing it. And I had my knife, right? Very good with a knife. Never cut my hand once. Sure enough, I'm playing. I'm playing in the scene. I'm looking at these things. And I took out the knife and I cut my own finger, and it sliced deep and I'm bleeding. I, I still went through the scene, but like I'm by myself. And this thing, like, every time I worked with this thing, with this scene, something would happen where, like, I would cut my finger, a little nick here, a little nick there, or, or I would stumble and fall and, like, hurt my ankle as I was working on this scene. It's a cursed script. Well, it might I, be. I don't really be. believe in curses. I've actually did season one. I did an episode on that. But, I, you know, the, um, but that's the Passion one of the heard. Christ, there was a lot of stuff that happened. The on, crucifix got struck by lightning. Yeah, he got hit by yeah. lightning, I think, not once, but twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, people got sick. People died. Um, they're making a sequel to that yeah that's yeah. good Mel Gibson's also doing a documentary does, on, on it almost feels like there's demons trying to stop it from happening yeah, yeah they don't want yeah. him to see what happened <laughs> and then Mel Gibson's also doing a documentary on pedophilia yeah, in Hollywood and trafficking yeah. that's good if he lives to tell about it it's gonna be good you wanna talk about Weinstein and like what they were doing we're gonna does. get into that let's, let's I wanna hit on this ghost story cause mm-hmm. I know the, we all know the Weinstein thing I wanted, mm-hmm. I wanted to like touch on it but we know that they hid that story you know we know to deal with that so i wanted to touch on that but i wanted to you know show you some paranormal aspects that's our forte well my forte joe is like (laughs) he's there for the ride with the fireflies and stuff (laughs) well i'll tell you that off air that story but there's a very very famous story um in hollywood that involves and it was a very famous ghost story it's on a couple of shows you know the hollywood sign apparently was called hollywood hollyland hollywood land yep um and there was a woman named peg eight whistle end whistle right and she was an expiring actress who gained um, notoriety for her tragic death right she was born in february 5th 1908 in port talbot wales she was from london Uh, she was from england and her dream was to become a successful uh, hollywood actress on september 18 1932 peggy was she climbed to the top of the hollywood sign and at the time it spelled out hollywood land and she jumped to her death she committed suicide Things weren't working out with Hollywood. She, I actually think she ended up doing like some theor, theor, can't say it. Theatrical. Theatrical stuff. And um, it wasn't working out for her. She committed suicide. 
to this day when people go up that hill towards the Hollywood sign, which I don't think certain people are allowed up there. You can't get very, I've been there. You can't get very close. To yeah, it. you can't get close. They, they allowed access to, at the, I guess at the time yeah, you when you were able that, to, yeah. you could do it. But they allowed access to a cu- couple of ghost hunters that are on TV shows, obviously Hollywood TV, whatever. And they caught things from, you know, and they say when you commit suicide, it is, you know, a lot of things that are, that are considered, you know, was it, uh, mortal sins, which I think is the worst one. I, I quote me, I know venial and mortal. I think mortal is the worst. Mm-hmm. Venials are like, yeah, okay, whatever. But when you commit that sin, that ultimate act of suicide, yeah. which a lot of people nowadays, things that are considered sins in the Bible aren't sins anymore. Like, They're accepted. They're accepted and, and, and not only accepted, but... Uh, the Pope's preaching it's encouraged. okay. Encouraged. Yeah, even the Pope, to an extent, says certain yeah. things. And, um, you know, suicide, you know, that's, that's a no-no. And... Um, you know, whatever happens after suicide, and that's unfortunate because I've had friends that have unfortunately taken their own life. So I hate, it's like a touchy subject for me, but in reality, it's not, not supposed to be done. And um, people that commit suicide, it's the premise of a lot of ghost stories. Yeah. And they say that she is forever haunting there because she took her own life. And, you know, in the woods, they hear disembodied voices. Ghost hunters, when they are allowed to go there, they get recordings of, you know, woman's voice. There's mist, there's smells of her perfume that she was wearing. They could see the lady in white. Apparently she was wearing white. And when she died, she was in a white dress or whatever. They, they could see a lady walking. Um, supposedly there's photos and things like that. So Hollywood has these like these deep, dark ghost stories. You know, James Dean, the Marilyn Monroe story, all these these, these deep, dark stories uh, affiliated with, with Hollywood. And Hollywood being the, you know, how big it is, there's a history whenever you have history behind something, you know, history in Broadway in the theaters, right? Joey, you had a couple of weird yeah. things happen to you on, you know, where, you, where, you, where you're at. Ghost in the theater? Yeah. Yeah. Much. Yeah, you don't get into it like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But this, there's a, some ghost stories and stuff like that. ghost light. I feel like, the, yeah. you know about the ghost light? No. And no. you, so you, you've probably seen it because you worked off, off Broadway. Yeah. At the end of the show, they put a light on the stage. You ever notice yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That light is for the ghosts of the theater. Really? The, I, I never heard of that. I mean, I never put it, two and two together. But. They, they keep it on for them at the end of the show so that they can have their like moment, m- ghostly performance mm. or, or be around for like. That's uh, interesting. It's, yeah, it's, Joe, you got to get me into one of these theaters, man. I don't go to Manhattan often, but I, I, yeah. I just, I don't go to Manhattan often. But if you put me in one of these old theaters overnight. There's uh, some to them. The old theaters. That, 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 yeah, because you, you walk, you sit in there like the one I saw China Doll, and you've been in that one. I forget the name of which one it was. Yes, one of the older, older theaters, right? It's pretty old. It's yeah. not the oldest, but it's pretty old. But you sit there, and like there's this feeling like you, you, you're going back in time. Like they're not really modern. They have the older seats. The, the it looked like wallpapered walls. And when you're sitting there, you understand that there's multiple generations that have gone through this theater yeah, and, yes, and have yes. seen performances here. Yeah, yeah. So what, what people, and I've, I've said this on a lot of episodes, what people don't understand, houses are haunted, right? They're built, some of them are built in 1920s and some houses that are still standing. Theaters, museums, um, amusement parks, right? Place where I work. Place where I work was built 1895, right? There's stories there. Hmm. The amount energy when you die, scientifically, right? We're gonna get off the Bible for a second. When energy when you die goes somewhere. So there's this theory in the world of paranormal where if you particularly like a place and you go to that place a lot, 
your energy when you go away will, will manifest or go there. Hmm. So there's so much energy embedded from history of people walking in and out of these theaters. The amount of energy that's in that room causes paranormal activity because of the amount of foot, foot traffic that has been there from the times. Like some of these theaters, 1920, you know, mobster, mobsters went into these theaters. The energy of a place can help things happen. So that also can play into the religious as well because you, is hell a mental place? You know what I mean? Like, like if you're living in hell and that's what you only know, do you go there? You know, like you can't. Like how, how much of it is psychosomatic? Though? I don't think hell's in our mind because. Is it you, a mental construct where that's where, like, hell is your own creation of a thing? Hell, hell is yeah. definitely something I, I, I could say on earth. When you're baptized, right? You're, you're forgiven of original sin. So it's not embedded in your head. But what. Can you create a hell? But you can create it and yeah. you can manifest it. That's what I mean. So by, when you by, die, do you go there because that's what you are ultimately thinking your life is? I don't know, I got some NDE stories that are batshit crazy, man. And uh, I have an episode lined up for, for a couple of weeks. Um, a couple of things that, that, you know, that involve reincarnation. Mm. Um, but some of the NDE stories I've heard kind of, you know, everybody fears death, right? We don't talk about it. People put it aside. Some people fear it. That's one of their biggest fears, like death. That You know, they don't go outside. They, but there's so many stories out there that doctors can't prove how it happened. One of them being that uh, a doctor was eating was eating spaghetti, right? And he got called in. He was like, you got to get here. We have a case. Uh, this, this girl OD'd. She's like literally clinically dead right now. We're keeping her alive on life support. You need to get here and work your magic. And he ran there. And when he got there, the girl's friend was sitting outside in the hallway on the bench, distraught. And the doctor went in there and started working on the girl who OD'd. And they ended up being able to get her back. And when he went in there because he was eating spaghetti at the table and he got, you know, rushed to go there that he spilled the spaghetti on the, on the shirt. And he didn't have time to change. He had to get there and save this girl's life. So when he went in there in the procedure, he had the stain. The girl wasn't fully awake, wasn't awake at all, matter of fact, um, when he left the room. But he went out to console her friend who was outside down the hall on the bench. And, you know, told his friend, her friend that, listen, she's going to be all right. But she's like, she's messed up. You know, it's going to take some time to recover. After talking to her friend, the lady that OD'd, she went back. He went back into the room to talk to the girl because at that point she woke up. And when she woke up, the first thing that she said to this doctor, first time seeing him, mind you, keep that in mind. He goes, I know you. And the doctor goes, what do you mean you know me? Now, she's just waking up from being dead. And she goes, I, I saw you. You know, you have that stain on your on your shirt. I saw you talking to my friend with the with the funny stain on your shirt. This scared this doctor so much because there's no fucking way that she should have known that being dead. Mm. That he went outside. How did she know from the from the bed being dead that he went outside to talk to her friend and saw the funny stain on her shirt? On his shirt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he went back in there and he spoke to her. And it, it spooked him and intrigued him so much that he wrote books and went on to study near-death experiences. Mm. And there's many of them. Uh, I forgot the first name, but it was like something Durham, Durham or Dram. Um, he was skiing, right? And he fucking was going down the slope. He had a collision with somebody. And the adrenaline of skiing can deter pain. Adrenaline's yeah, a hell of a thing. Yeah. So when he stopped, finally, he took his glove off. He had a pain. 
and he saw his thumb was dislocated. He had bumps. It was severe bruising. So he had to cut his ski, ship, ski trip short and get to an emergency room. The doctor decided to do emergency surgery on him. It was that bad of a thing. They had to get it fixed because, you know, hey, you know, he's got to fly home. He can't, you know, so let's get it done. He said to he said, I'm I, sorry I got the name wrong. I can't remember. But if you look up the story, you can find it. He said on the operating room table, the last thing he remembered before he went under anesthesia was the doctor telling the nurse, I don't, the, the nurse replied to the doctor and said, I really never tied this type of tourniquet before during a procedure. Now they had to tie a tourniquet around his arm to operate on his thumb so his thumb wouldn't bleed apparently. It's the last thing he remembered and then he died. For 20 minutes he was clinically dead and he remembered seeing white light and in the white light there was someone next to him and that person after being next to him vanished and he went from this white light and seeing this person into a field of flowers and trees. Flowers he's never seen before but he knows that they were beautiful. This is from his recollection. And he was in this field and he remembered, he just said, he, I was peaceful. I didn't want to leave. I saw fields of flowers and the blue sky and it was just endless. And then there was this white light and he saw the white light from the field and he went up to the white light and from the white light, an arm came out, which is weird for an NDE story. And in the arm, he just saw the arm in the hand, and the hand was pointing to him doing this motion, like, you know, waving no with, a, with his pointer finger. And the guy was getting a vibe telepathically, like, it's not my time. He didn't want to leave. And the hand just came through the cloud and just kept doing this. 20 minutes later, he woke up from being clinically dead because that nurse fucked up the tourniquet. Hmm. And he told the story to this day. You know, um, it's interesting because you know what DMT is, right? Yeah. Your body produces like, it. Almost like ayahuasca. Yeah, but mm -hmm. your body produces it. Mm -hmm. So you have more as a child, and they say children can experience these you know, paranormal events more frequently than adults. Is that because they have more DMT that's free-flowing in their body? That's why their imaginations are so sharp, right? So your, your body tends to like store it up for that moment of death, and then it re releases whatever DMT you have left. And there are two schools of thought. Is that a gateway to the spiritual? Or is that your own projection of your own thoughts? We don't know. Just like I don't know if, you know, those things happened because of a paranormal event that I've had or experienced. Or was that my mind playing tricks on me? So, you know, when somebody has a near-death experience, is that a gateway to the spiritual? You know, when that DMT releases and you're about to die, did some of that DMT come out? Or did you just have a trip? Or did you just trip? You See, know? the thing about the DMT is, and, and it's been kind of proven recently, fairly recently, via Joe Rogan and reports scientifically. We added a clip on, uh, on your yeah Instagram. So DMT can't, can't explain how that woman saw the doctor. You could trip DMT. You could mm -hmm. see things that were that have are sponged into your brain since you were a child, right? Because everyone life's flesh before your eyes, so you'll see a whole bunch of things. The DMT theory can't prove how that girl saw that doctor in the hallway. DMT will make you trip and see crazy things, whatever trolls and you know aliens, gray aliens, crazy shit. They can't explain how that doctor, yeah, you know how she saw him talking to her friend outside the hallway, down the hall, on a bench while she was laying hooked up to IV and oxygen on that table. Stories like that make you like, yeah. you know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy stuff. Like, you know, it's, 
there's so much evidence to support either side, but then you hear things like that. Well, how did this happen? How did that happen? I guess that's the mystery or the leap of faith that you would have to take to make this thing the girl, fair. The girl saw Jesus. She fell down the hole near the tree. But that's the thing. Like, how, If you knew unequivocally that there was a God, you would naturally worship because now you're forced to. But because we constantly have this thing, is it, is it, is it, is it not? That's free will, you know? So like being stuck in that nebulous cloud of thinking and like you have that story. We also have DMT being released in our brains at that moment. Could it be our own mind? That's the thing that allows you to willingly, freely choose whether or not you want to believe this religion or not. Also scientifically too is uh, doctors that study this stuff can't figure out how you can remote view. Not only remote view, but remember Mm. after being dead for that long. How do you remember what you saw and can come to? And like, was it something that you saw and that was, you know, concreted into your brain prior to dying, being clinically dead? You know, because like certain things you should not remember or seeing certain things. A lot of out of body experiences or a lot of NDEs, near death experiences, people say they are floating above their body. That's very mm-hmm. common in these stories. And they're seeing doctors crying or frustrated that they lost them and doing certain hand gestures. And when they come to and they say, hey, why did you do that hand gesture? And the doctor says, that's the hand gesture I make when I'm upset after I lose a patient. How did you know I did that? I didn't tell you that. You were dead when you came in here. You were unconscious. Yeah. DMT can't explain shit like that. Mm-hmm. Wild stuff. For another episode. <laughs> Go ahead. Say what you were going to say, Dom. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the only thing that we can agree on is that we are still in our understanding of what consciousness is. Are very like We've only begun to scratch the surface. We don't know what consciousness is. Pass the mic over to Joey for this one because I know. Yeah, like uh, with the outer body experiences, can we throw our consciousness somewhere else? Yeah. Like is remote viewing a real thing? And we do know that the United States government spent hundreds of millions of dollars studying remote viewing. Mm-hmm. During mm-hmm. Vietnam, yeah? Yes. They and were trying and they, to do a psychological warfare, I believe, during the Vietnam era. And Hitler was trying to do crazy shit during World War II. Wasn't that the basis of that movie, The Men Who Stare at Goats? I think so. With, with George Clooney. Mm-hmm. He was trying to like cloudburst. Using his mind. Using his mind. And then and it, remote viewing is a real yeah. thing. And, they, yeah. and the government has studied it. Apparently, they, they used it on this one man. I don't know the exact story. I forgot his name, too. should be nice to memorize these things for this podcast. It's but okay. Free talk podcast, man. They use, this, they use this one guy, and he tells this story so vividly. I, I, no, he didn't write a book on it. Um, but he's been on other podcasts talking about it. That they used him to remote view the dark side of the moon. And he came back with like detailed Mm. images of the dark side of the moon and how they know he was correct was because they had sent satellites there already. So the details and the images that he like was expressing to them were correct. Now did, was he somebody who like was a hacker or something like that and got prior knowledge and then lied about his remote viewing? No one knows, but it could be that you might be able to do that. We, We may be evolving our minds just like our bodies are evolving so there's great i I don't want to tell this story because it's going to be an episode in the coming weeks but there's even stories of 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 people hitting their head um and remembering past lives now remember past lives reincarnation is totally against catholicism in general 
no one life one soul but there's these stories of people remembering in detail um flying over you know islands during the world war ii era and and kids going to the scene and and telling vivid stories in detail that six-year-olds and five-year-olds should not know because they don't even know the to to, to read a history book that in-depth which is just mind-boggling stuff which is why i like paranormal Mm -hmm. because there's Ego Swan is the name of the guy. So if you're interested in like looking up that story, Ego Swan is the guy who remote viewed the dark side of the moon. Crazy, interesting. Yeah. Very, very yeah. interesting stuff. And in a couple of weeks, and I'm going to add it to the upcoming episodes, I, I sent you the message about this woman. And I'll, I'll just give a nutshell. It was a woman in, in, in London or in the United Kingdom somewhere at a young age, fell downstairs. Family called the doctor. Doctor, you know, Put her in the room. Said, you know, she's she's all right. She's you know, she hit her head pretty hard. You know, let her rest. She woke up. All of a sudden, she's like, started spazzing out to her parents. I'm not home. Where am I? I don't know where I am. And great, it just like very weirdly had a, a liking to Egyptology. She says, I'm not home. You know, I'm, I'm my home has got a lot of greenery and some desert. And she ended up becoming like like finding historical sites in Egypt, helping archaeologists, having no archaeological background, no Egypt, no no knowledge of Egypt prior to this accident, grew up finding archaeological sites in Egypt and was supposedly uh, a priestess for pharaohs. Hmm. That was, she was claiming her past life. And we're going to get into this episode. And she found shit without knowing. Her parents took her to a museum in, in England that had Egyptology stuff. And she's like, that's my home. I know him. I know who that is. And kid hit her head. And now all of a sudden, knew shit that she should not know and helped archaeologists find a garden that was buried. She was like, you're going to go here. I'm telling you, if you dig here, you're going to find it. And and yeah. she found stuff. Don't, don't the police use psychics and mediums too for certain things? Have they done that? Yeah, is that, is that I've heard yeah. stories. I've heard stories of um, a woman in a house you know her it, her it was her and her son or something to that extent and her son was talking to somebody and like i was i was murdered here and they helped police trace to find bodies and stuff like that there is a woman you see unsolved mysteries oh yeah the, the 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 i've seen the original unsolved mysteries yeah, the, the and, new, the, yeah. and the new okay. one yeah that's the story i was telling you about I saw it on there i know exactly yeah the one who was living in chico california yes and, and she said like there's somebody in my apartment and like she looked the, up this that girl. case is still ongoing but they they she gave those police officers enough information yeah to, to find certain things she was like um like a degree off of where that be- body was buried, I think, yeah, or that trail no, off that trail. Yes, yeah. no fucking way she should have known that from, yeah. from seeing a ghost. Mm-hmm. No fucking way. Yeah, and she like the the daughter was speaking to her, and, and they gave her the name. Yeah, like, who was this girl? Names and and I and the police were like baffled. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't question her because that would be that would be uh, calls for like, hey, you know too much. Yeah, you're telling me something that's paranormal, and you know too much. Well, the police didn't tell her anything; she told them. Right. You know, so they were like, "How do? You, how would you know that?" They traced her back with evidence and stuff. Like she had no affiliation yeah. to the crime scene and stuff like that. So that's how she cleared her name for that. Because yeah. that that put that puts you as a as a suspect as a suspect. Yeah. You know, and and the stuff she did and the way she did it, spatch it crazy mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it, that's why I like <clears throat> the subject of the paranormal, even though the last few weeks has been conspiratorial, which is great because I cover conspiracies but i love that stuff because mm-hmm. we're sitting here like baffled right by the stories we just told 
and they're real stories, yeah. true stories. Yeah. And it's just, how is that possible? And, you know, one day eventually we'll find out, hopefully. Think, yeah, again, like we're still in our infancy in terms of our evolution as a species. You know, I think like if you want to look at the grand scheme of things, we're like teenagers, you know, our species. We're not fully developed yet. I think we're still going through that evolution. Um, this is just like us figuring it out. That's why we're so confounded when we hear stories like this because our bodies, we can see. We can see our development and we can understand it. Just something about consciousness that we can't touch or quantify or can't or can even study. So we can't measure it. Exactly. We can't measure it. We can't like look at a live subject as it's going on and say that's consciousness. And that, that plays into AI. Will that have consciousness? What is consciousness? You know, or, or a soul. The idea of a soul, ha having one. You know, like the closest I can get to the soul theory is that everyone has this unique personality. And they say it's because based on how you grow up, right? You know, who you're surrounded with, your parents, how they treated you, you know, how, how were, you, were you were you raised in a bubble? Like my mom, you know, notoriously didn't let me go out until I was in my teens, like she went by myself and things like that. And then my, my wife says, you know, you're so cautious because your mom did that to you as a kid. You've, you've embedded her, you know, nurturing state to the degree of, of, of being worried all the time of things happening that you you project that on us now currently. It's a little bit of both, but, you know, you grow up from your parents telling you and you, you are a carbon copy of your parents, essentially. Some people branch off. They have the violent parents and fathers and stuff like that, and they branch off. And they want to be better than their parents who were abusive or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that's not concrete evidence. But, you know, your soul, you have, the, you have a personality that's distinguished to an individual. And a lot of people say that's your soul. That's, that's what you were given. You were given a soul by the maker to be the person you are for particular reasons throughout mm -hmm. the course of life. Every person that you interact with is not by not by coincidence. It's by design, the bigger picture. So you believe in fate? I do believe the, I do yeah. I believe in everyone like here. Everyone is put here for a reason. And I retract my own personal accounts, right? If I had made this decision on this day, will I where would I have been where I am today had I chose a different decision mm -hmm. that day? Mm -hmm. You know, and I do that with my job, right? In my job, if I didn't have that conversation with my other friend, Joey, not this Joey, would I have done the step to get my job currently that I'm happy at? Or would I have been stuck at my old job? If I didn't meet my wife now, where would I be? Would I still be at my old job? Because meeting her essentially paved the path that where I'm at now. Had things been different, I might not be where I'm at today. I might not have this podcast. That's why they say all these Flash movies and Star Wars, you know, I mean, um, Flash and um, Spider-Man, they have to don't do this when you go back in time. There's yeah, yeah. truth <laughs> to that. You could literally fuck the timeline. For another podcast, but if that if that's what you believe, do you believe in free will? Because they kind of, it mm. kind of contradicts. Like, if we, if we think that it's the bigger picture and it's supposed to happen this way, then we ultimately don't have free will. You do have free will. So there's 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 multiple decisions you can make with multiple outcomes. And you're given the ability to choose one. And the one you choose is the free will aspect. And there's, there's a, a choice you, you pick that's wrong or right. And if you choose the wrong path, and God, you know, God, God rest his soul, one of my friends, I won't say it on the episode, chose something different. And it ended up doing something to him that was terrible. Now, do we make those decisions based on influence 
and because you said you you wouldn't be at your job now currently if you didn't have a conversation with your friend and that influence is part of the decision making so in a sense influences pave the path for decision making which ultimately makes me think or be inclined to think it's a possibility we don't have free will that this that decision i made that night i had so many options based off my free will to 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 choose that route mm. i could have chose to ignore the advice he gave to to go on indeed and start looking i could have i did went the route that i did and and go on there i could have waited another week or two or another couple of days or months or years but i made that choice via my free will like i said free will is an abundance of options that you can choose see that's good that that's what i i you familiar with multiverse theory yeah with that there's many versions of you what if your free will lies in each universe and that this may be your correct course that you feel good with but there's another version of you who didn't choose this and that exists in another universe now i i don't i don't think that deja is, vu right yeah like i i remember this from somewhere right but that doesn't how like in terms of free will and like playing into a plan what if there's so many different versions of you to make sure one of you get to heaven you know like god's playing this Oof. there's there's, there's Ooh, yeah, it's deep. <laughs> like god's the bar, right there, <laughs> like god's playing this like 4d chess with you specifically just to make sure at least one of you get to heaven so there may be a version of you who is on the correct path hopefully it's this one but there's another version that's not and he's the one who's not going to be assimilated into the one soul of you once you get to heaven. You know what I that's mean? That's deep. Never heard that before. That's fucking <laughs> that's really one, deep. I, I, we need two Instagram clips for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this one, this this that one's one, gonna be a doozy. I'm gonna I have to find time tomorrow to clip a that clip. Should be one of them. Clip a go. Yeah, it's deep. Where are we at here? It's the 42 minute mark plus the other time. Yeah, it's, this will be. I gotta get this. This will be in the third. Yeah, that was good, man. That's that's deep. That's, that's something I've been thinking about. Like, like they, they talk about this multiverse and they're talking about free will and destiny. That's something that Neil deGrasse almost would get behind, but you included God, so he <laughs> yeah. so, so he won't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I always felt like if there are other versions of me out there, and I do believe in a God, well, maybe if I'm not the one who's gonna make it we're all going there's going to be a version of you because god never gives up on a soul let me tell you something for your for writing purposes that'd be a hell of a movie you think so I hell fucking yeah, 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 yeah man yeah. now you have your sparked idea you that would be <laughs> some some hell of a of a movie script right there dude honestly speaking you know and, and you know in a time where christianity is declining I, I i as a follower of the faith what if that's my purpose to make that film you you know make, I mean? If you make that film, <laughs> I, I would volunteer to be an extra because my face is not meant for movies. That's why <laughs> well, I do. That's mine. why I do. Pot. No, no, no. You got two pretty boys. No one knows, but there's two pretty boys sitting here, and I ain't one of them. I'll tell you that right now. But the, yeah. that, yeah, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. You know, when we talk about all these multiverse, especially movies, but not only movies, but the the, the, the theory behind it that there's so many different versions of you that can possibly exist. Well, what would be the reason for that? You know, like there's a reason for everything what if there's a reason for all of you just to make sure i go back to the, when afterlife was coming out with ghostbusters they were playing a, tr a clip during the trailer of peter vankman saying something from the first movie 
And he goes, everything happens for a reason. Mm. You know, and I, I love that clip because I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. I feel that everyone has a, a, a path that has been predetermined, but predetermined based off your free will to mm -hmm. make those yeah. decisions yes. to essentially lead you to where your where his plan is. Like that he's saying right now, Joey, Dario, I know how it's gonna how it's gonna go with them, but I also know every decision they can make. And free will is making that decision. That's the right knowing, one. but still not blocking you from making the right. decision. You know, he gave yeah. free will. The only thing I can't. And I know we went biblical, and that's fine because this podcast, you know, we did the whole Hollywood thing the first like hour and a half, two hours. But the only thing biblically that I don't understand. There's multiverses, then he lets you make all of them. Yeah. Every one of them, every decision you can possibly make is happening at the same exact time, but to ensure that at least one of you gets to heaven. At least one. He is a forgiving God. He does. That's he, what I mean. He like, essentially like, wants everyone, he wants to forgive. He just has to. But there are so certain versions that will not work out. So if you constantly, that one version of you, just not getting it, that's the one that's kind of like like talking about clearing the branches from the trees. It's in the Bible where like he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff. How is Maybe this is a way of doing that in an individual level mm -hmm. where he's going to clear the dead branches and the ones that will produce fruit. These are the ones that will produce fruit. These are the versions of you that will produce fruit. Steve. Steve. Knowing this now, how does that make you feel about decision making going forward in the future? You got to be a little apprehensive about certain decisions. You got to make sure that it's always like sort of the right one or the moral one. You know what I mean? Well, I, then, well then it comes back to prayer and then reading the Bible just to make sure that you're in a pl place to make the decision that you think is most aligned with what the creator will, will for you. It's a lot of people that knock religion, right? And especially, unfortunately, they knock Catholicism, right? And something profound happens and it's almost a form of meditation. I know you've been telling me you've been heavy into meditation and stuff, but when you pray and you, you wholeheartedly pray to whatever God doesn't have to be God. doesn't have to be Jesus. doesn't have to be Allah. But when you do pray, there's a profound feeling when you, in, when you do it with intent, you do it wholeheartedly. And there's been times in my life where, and I can't do it no more because you know, the church I, used to go to they locked the door now because of the homeless issue but there was a, a point in my life where i went to saint francis xavier right which is a church in the bronx it's unfortunately closing i don't know what's going to happen to it they had this, this 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 room a vestibule right that had um they had a tabernacle i believe and it was lighted in blue in the stained glass windows and it was four pews in there and i'd go in there when i was going through something in my life and I'd take the time before the 5.30 Mass to go in there around 4.15, make the sign of the cross, and sit there for 20 to 30 minutes and just talk. Alone? Alone. Yeah. Completely yeah. alone. Sometimes there'd be a one or two people in there, but for the most part, that's where I'd go. Conveniently, I'd live down the block from this church, so it was just a heart skip and a beat. And I'd go in there and I'd make the sign of the cross and I'd immerse myself where I'd blot everything out of my mind. And I could hear myself praying in my mind. And I'd get this euphoric feeling that someone was listening. And through the course of saying the final prayer and closing the prayer, you know, the conversation with God, something would tell me like, I heard you. And there's subliminal signs in life 
that something is listening. And it could be your mind telling you, yeah, you know, you, you did this. So the placebo effect is, yeah, you know, this, you're going to see this. Like you could find, you know, conspiracies and things. And you can say, I talked to God and this is a sign. You know, you could put that embedded into your own mind. But there's things that happen through certain prayers that I've said and certain things that, you know, and I'll get deep here. It's touched a little personal. Every year, and every night I used to pray with my daughter. We, we still pray because she has to learn her prayers and stuff like that. But I used to say these prayers with my daughter at night. And they would ask me, you know, do your own prayer. We'd read from a book, but do your own prayer, Daddy. And I used to pray even before my daughter was around. I used to say, God, can you please give me one more year with my grandmother? One more year, one more Christmas, right? When I stopped, she passed away. Mm. I stopped saying, God, can you give me one more year? And I don't, I don't know if it's because, you know, her time came. She was 95. Not, you know, God, God, for, you know, God bless her. But I think about that. You know, did, is it, did they, she, he take her? Because I stopped asking for more time with her. You know, I would say it all the time. And I stopped. You know, crazy stuff, man. We went deep, real, real, we fucking deep right now. I might need to smoke some pot right now. <laughs> no, but it's interesting that you say that you went alone and you felt more of a presence of God. Because in, in Proverbs, I think it is, be still and know that I am God. So in that silence, there's something that, that speaks to us. Like if you go alone in nature, you've been on a hike alone. Oh, we've been on hikes. And you just, you just don't talk and you, just, you feel something. Same thing with church. Well, I'll, I'll, Sometimes if I get there early enough in church, there's nobody there before it starts. And there's a presence there that you, you naturally feel. And I think it plays into the Bible where they said, be still and know that I am God. You know, know that I am God here with you in that silence. I think I think you're on to something there with that that state of meditation or, or prayer where you're alone with your own thoughts. And you have just... to, in order to, to pray, it's, it's whatever God that you worship. And I don't want people to think, oh, they're, they're Bible thumping right now. No, we're not. We're, we happen to be Catholic. It's part of the human experience. You know, it makes you feel, makes you feel alive, makes you feel part of something. Because if you don't yeah. have that, then you're just this vessel going on a little journey and then, boom, ultimately it comes to an end and cease to exist. Well, you know what's, that's what's funny? Um, Jordan Peterson talks a lot about that religious hole that needs to be filled regardless of who you are. We just have that. We have that feeling and penchant to worship. When you don't have something to worship, a higher power, you're going to fill it with something of a cheaper imitation of God. And that's why you see predominantly from people who are atheists fill it with politics or, or that fervor that they, they reserve for I was gonna say, God. People that funneled into that. People that don't have religion, these atheists, right? You don't you, you, first of all, I, I don't know a Catholic to, to try to persuade. They'll persuade, like, you know, hey, why? And okay, and then they stop, which is a practice people need to fucking get on board <laughs> with. But you look at these people that don't believe in god and i have some a co-worker at work that he's just we're here that's it you look at them sometimes and they're empty you could see you could see through them it's hollow mm. you know you're looking at someone that they're just here there's nothing else you look through them again it's hollow you look to someone that has a belief a faith you can't see through them because they have a belief in something there is too much in this world Every planet in the galaxy plays a purpose. 
if one planet wasn't there, we would be off alignment and get too close to the sun. Or asteroids would hit us without the rings of Saturn, right? It brings in asteroids and deters it from us. Causality. Yeah. There's too much in this universe beyond the, the sphere of Earth that play a... Uh, it's just an equilibrium. And that equilibrium is too high of an equilibrium. Everything is in a balance, a perfect balance. And if you believe that science is the sole creator of a perfect balance in life, where we're on this rock living and breathing, the, the astronomical numbers of us even being here to be born is, is astounding. So if you believe that it's just from the Big Bang Theory that everything just fell into this perfect, perfect equilibrium, you're out of your mind. Even if there was a Big Bang, who essentially put the elements there to begin with to have this fiery explosion? This is why I don't get why science can't walk hand in hand with God. You want to talk about Heavenly Father, right? You, you've had fathers, right? My father was a gardener, and he would show me how to garden. But when I was a small child, and I looked at a seed in his hand, and, said, and he told me, that will be a tomato plant. How? It's magic, right? You put that seed in the ground, you water it, you show it care, sun hits it, you learn and you watch how it grows, and you see the science of it. Now, as a good father would show you how to build stuff, how to garden so in turn, you can do it. What's to say that what was what we thought magic in our infancy, in our, in our earlier days, as we get older or later stages of the species, we now know what, what, what was magic is science and that's just how we did it. You know, like maybe it's, it's along those lines. I don't understand why there's this division between science and God. Like why can't it walk hand in hand? Because like, even like this whole idea about, about uh, AI, right? And how we don't have the morality to handle AI. What if we were more godly in our tack to walk hand in hand with the technology God has provided for us to be more like him so we can create? You know what I mean? So there's a sense like I never understood that why there can't be a cohesion of the two to make us a better formed species. Science makes money. Science brings in money. God doesn't bring in any yeah, money. Yeah. You're begging for yeah, money. But, I feel like but at the end of the day, like you said, the, the tomato and the seed analogy, at the end of the day, and I'm not trying to Bible thump here. I'm just, Like I said, I, I believe I have faith. I just, you know, I'm more susceptible to question because there's a lot of questions. Like I was going to get into a question before that I had. And I was like, Jesus died for our sins. And he went on the cross, died for us, right? For our sins. Yet here we are. The worst time period of ever being alive we're living through right now. But at the end of the day, we go into the ground and we're supposed to sprout up as something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, we didn't get into Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> and we're coming to a close because it's been a long episode. But I, I, we did a lot of, we touched on a lot of Hollywood stuff. We touched on your, you know, things that are going on in Hollywood right now. You broke down some, pretty much like conspiratorial stuff that, that, you know, we didn't see. And it was pretty informative and we loved having you on. And we hope to have you come back for other episodes um, maybe along more along these lines because it was pretty interesting towards the end, you know, yeah, to the Hollywood yeah. stuff into this. I'd love to come back. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. You know, great conversation. Awesome conversation. 
Joe, you want to do the Spotify thing? No, no, that's all you've <laughs> Well, this made this episode of Hollywood Talk and Biblical Stuff was made possible by Spotify for Podcasters. If you don't know about Spotify for Podcasters, it is the free app that allows you to get your podcasting ideas out there and have a show and episode like we had today. The Say What Again Billy podcast is made possible by Spotify for Podcasters, entirely free. If you have an idea of a podcast and you want to get it out there, go download Spotify for Podcasters. Joey? Thanks for having coming on again. Always a pleasure. Best bro. co-host ever. Dario, thank you for coming on, bro. It was a great, great episode. Thank you. Bro. I hope you listened to all two and a half, two, three hours of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been my pleasure, guys. Awesome. Until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again, Billy podcast. Mm-hmm.